0: Tennessee Alabama game where Nick went down. And and what is more enjoyable, people, than seeing Nick go apeshit on the sidelines yelling at some kid after he had been on, uh, you know, any number of interviews where he tries to act like a human being and says, It's all about the kids. And then he Woody Hayes, this guy. I mean, uh, it was insane. I mean, he stopped just short of Bobby Knight, the kid, and uh, strangling him, uh, you know, right there on the sidelines in the middle of a game. All that being said, now. People always made this equation, right? That penalties fall upon the responsibility of coaches. That it's not players that commit penalties, but if you have an inordinate number of penalties, an absurd number of penalties in a game, that it falls on the idea that maybe you're not coaching well. So then how would you ever justify Nick Saban's team getting penalized 17 times in a game against Tennessee? 17 times. That's crazy. Nick. What's going on there? Where's the discipline, Nikki boy?
1: The time! Wake up with Defo, joined by Louie. Welcome to The Defo Show.
0: Oh, we love it in sports, don't we? Uh, Down gasoline on a fire. I mean, <laughs> 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 just picking at the scab, the wound. <laughs> Boring uh, any kind of, uh, you know, ingredient on there that can exacerbate the situation. Uh, Nick Saban loses a game. And, of course, what are we looking at? The total lack of discipline and complete <laughs> coaching ineptitude of the Alabama staff there with the 18 guys that all coached in the pros. And it had to be their fault that the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide was assessed 17 penalties uh, in that ball game. Uh, that they lost to Tennessee and uh, all that being said I mean hasn't Nick had the top recruiting class uh, either one or two there with Jimbo or somebody you know it's always one or two yep. Alabama and usually number one for like the last 11 years yeah him so, Georgia so figure,
2: Clemson FSU Ohio State yeah, he's always in yeah. the top three
0: so so how, do, how does he not have the ability to just uh, you know overcome the, these uh, 17 penalties and You know, uh, lay it on the uh, Tennessee uh, Volunteers who, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they've been uh, sort of down as a program for a long period of time. Ever since Charles Davis played there. Hell, I don't even know if they would have won if Ernie Davis played there uh, over the last several years. Uh, Peyton Manning, I guess, was the last one. Late 90s, uh, early
2: 2000s when they were last relevant, yes.
0: Well, you thought uh, Tennessee was some sort of dynasty, but uh, that hasn't happened for a while. But uh, thank you, Tennessee, for beating Alabama and knocking them down to number six. Still it reigns to be seen. And we'll, we'll discuss this later on with the great Tony Segretto when he joins us for all school. And, and if anybody would know the uh, inner workings and the machinations uh, that it takes, uh, the mathematical permutations to eliminate two teams to make way for Alabama into the final four. Now, that might be the biggest reason. Was Nick the biggest proponent just in case he had like a down year? Of it, expanding the playoffs to 12 teams <laughs> i would imagine his vote was uh, very prominent there no he would only like to see one team announce in the playoffs he would just like to be automatically crowned national champion every yeah, year okay. because routinely alabama is number one not the case this year good morning everybody good, good to be morning. with you on this fine wednesday luby how are you how's your internet uh, mess
2: i guess it's okay now i don't know i don't know what's going on it's a little annoying but we're here uh otherwise everything's going well how are you sir
0: I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing just fine. I, I didn't realize this box that I had stacked up here uh, was in the background of our shot covering uh, one of my uh, boxing posters. Uh, I'll have to correct oh, there, that because I'm always getting on you about what, uh, as uh, my friend uh, Southern Brian said, uh, why does it look like Luby is broadcasting from his dorm room at FSU? <laughs> I mean, uh, this is something that is starting to become a, a little bit on the disturbing side. There you are. Well, you got two Lubies now. And uh, now we got another luby, and he's moving around. Uh, that's good. You're, you're kind of like that uh, thing in a video game where you just keep moving around <laughs> in a box. Are you okay? You're going to freeze up on us? There's what's going nine. on
2: here? I don't. I don't know. This whole moving process is going to be so fun. You seem to do it pretty seamless. I'm jealous of you. I, I don't know what's what going to happen because the thing is, I can go do it at my house, but I won't have that house as soon as Monday. So. <laughs> right. Like I don't sort of have to have somewhere to do it, and my you parents, might have to, people, have
0: to run back there before eight o'clock here, so we can get uh, Ed Garcia, to Texas we're gonna, Roadhouse we're people. Give it till seven
2: thirty, and if by seven thirty this is still a problem, then yes, I'll be going home, so we can do a full Tony Sargento hour, and then I'll have to figure out what the fuck we're doing for next week.
0: Yes. Well, well, there's too much going on here, right, and, and I want to get into it. I'm going to start yes. with the Yankee game, and uh, I you think- know, I, I came to this conclusion reading an article today about Meghan Markle and how she's now uh. complaining about being objectified <laughs> as a bimbo. When she got, I mean, when you get your start in this business, it it doesn't matter uh, what kind of humble beginnings it is. Now, uh, in Meghan Markle's case, she was one of the girls with the suitcase on Deal or No Deal. Remember that show? Okay. Where uh, there were like 25 gorgeous babes uh, holding suitcases and the person had to pick which one they wanted. And you usually went by the one that you were most attracted to. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean if you were playing the game along at home, you we're like, man, look at that hot fucking blonde. And I'm hoping she's carrying a million dollars. And, of course, she never had it. It was always the one that maybe was, like, ranked uh, anywhere between 20 and 25 on, uh, who was it, Howie Mandel Howie was Mandel. Uh, hosting that show? Yes, sir. Yeah he's carved out a tremendous i mean career as a uh, judge host yep. that sort of thing i mean it, it was uh, you know a funny stand up comic I, I don't know that he was at the very top I, I guess at one time he he was considered one of the top guys in the business but man i don't know that anybody ha- has uh, made a better career out of that so while flying relatively under the radar right Because you don't think of, like, Howie Mandel, right? You you think of, like, Simon Cowell in that capacity. Maybe a couple of Heidi Klum, uh, you know, comes uh, across there as uh, being a major judge. uh, Blake Shelton, you know, big-time judge on The Voice. He's leaving the show, and uh, believe me, they're a little nervous about that. (laughs) Because he was kind of carrying that show. You know that nobody's ever made it from that show to any level of stardom? All I mean, the different people you would figure yeah, American Idol is uh, you know, pulled off of any number of yeah. people that have made it to, uh, you know, very, very high places in the music business, deserved or not, but uh, mostly deserved, yep. uh, including, you know, country stars and uh, all kinds of different people have made it big off of that. Nothing off The Voice. That's crazy. Which was hosted. Uh, uh, who's the guy that was the host of the show? Uh, not, not, you know, not the judges, but no, the main but, guy. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's such a stiff. I, I don't know this, this guy, and he had a talk show, a late night talk show for a while. He started out on MTV, and uh, supposedly has like, uh, I mean, his claim to fame is Carson uh, Daly. You know.
2: Carson Daly was Carson it?
0: Daly, man. I mean, the most overrated talent on TV. You would have to
3: say,
0: <laughs> unless you're listening to people talking about Bob Costas and uh, the way that he handled these Yankee games. I paid particular attention to Costas yesterday because of all the complaints, and when you're getting called out by Mike Francesa as being lousy at your job in any announcing field, then it's worthy of somebody saying, uh, okay, let me check this out for myself. Cause I, I I'm a conscious fan. Uh, I, I believe he's one My of the favorite. finest announcers uh, ever. He's I finest. mean, as versatile as they come, his big sport was baseball. I mean, I know he did football. He did basketball. Yeah, he I loved him in basketball everything. and
2: football. That's what's funny. Baseball was his first love, but I loved when he used to do yeah. the NBA games. And then uh, the football, he used to do football. He was great at football. He's my favorite. Cassius is
0: excellent. I mean, you know, the way he handled those uh, Olympic games, I mean, that can't be an easy thing to. Uh, and, you know, he's uh, kind of like our friend Eddie Berliner, who in his entire career on a lower level there, uh, Eddie B. I, mean, I think he would accept that. I mean, uh, not many are up there in the platitude that Costas. Bob Costas is. I mean, Costas is up there with anybody. Ben Scully, yep, any yep. of the great announcers yep. of all time, you would yep. have to say that Costas would be included. Tony Segretto, yep. that Costas yep. would be included on that list. Yep. And, uh, you know, the fact that uh, he was at Syracuse, I think he was a class behind me. Yeah. at Syracuse he certainly uh propelled himself far ahead of me by the time he got out of there because he was calling ABA professional basketball games right out of school as I recall Costas might have even had some professional experience he while he was at he Syracuse University because there were a couple of guys that I knew that uh you know were, were around like the broadcasting I was on the periphery there of the uh, broadcasting stuff but I never really got involved in it but uh did go to I I uh, matriculated a couple of classes there at the Newhouse School of Communications. I don't think they would let me in the building there at Newhouse,
3: but I uh, had a lot
0: of great people there. I mean, uh, a lot of guys that went on to success from that period of time that I was at school. And, of course, if you look on the wall of fame there of uh, broadcasters at Syracuse University, I mean, it starts at the very top with the one and only Rod Serling. And uh, then uh, among sportscasters, I mean, you had uh, many, many of the giants uh, of the industry, including Dick Stockton, of course, who was married to Leslie Bisser for uh, a long time. And, uh, you know, uh, many, many others uh, that went there. And Costas, of course, being well, one of the main guys, uh, Craig Minervini, our own uh, Craig Minervini right here in town, uh, was a Syracuse guy. So, so many people uh, went there. And, and Costas was like the cream of the crop. And a lot of those guys actually did like professional games. Because uh, there, there were, like, minor league hockey teams and baseball teams and uh, other jobs uh, in the area. And, and these guys were actually doing professional broadcasting back then. Costas, uh called uh, a lot of the games uh, on the WAER, which was the uh, Syracuse University radio station. And I, I thought, wow, this guy's great, even back then. It was no surprise to see that he got a job right away out of school at, at uh, a relatively high level, although I'm not sure what the ABA you know, uh, level was at, at that point, but still pro basketball. And they had good players in the league. They eventually yeah. uh, convinced the NBA to, you know, take on some of their teams and uh, and force some kind of merger. And um, yeah, he was great. Uh, and, and the first time I saw him on a national game, I was living in Los Angeles. I was like, "Holy shit! Can you believe this? Bob Costas is calling the game in a week <laughs> on NBC." <laughs> And he sounded terrific. So, um, you know, even though a lot of people find him smarmy, yeah, there's a resentment about the, the way that he, uh, you know, sort of opined his way through the 97 World Series where, you know, he he had that George Will baseball purist thing where, uh, you know, he, he didn't like the wild card. And uh, then on top of that, he hated the concept of buying a, a roster. I, I mean, uh, remember the Marlins – Payroll, I think, was $50 million Yeah, it wasn't then, even that high. Wouldn't <laughs> even Indians. buy you a shortstop today. <laughs> it was like double. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I mean, and he complained about it the whole time. I mean, yeah. he let everybody know that he was not a fan of the Marlins. I, I don't know if he had some kind of affinity for the Cleveland at the time, uh, Indians, uh, who were playing him in the World Series. But it did seem like he was heavily biased uh, against the Marlins. Maybe he didn't like their players. I, I don't know what it was. And, you know, there was a great deal of resentment, constant resentment here in South Florida, which is a uh, – Unfortunate because uh, his his mother uh, lives here in South Florida, or did. I don't know if she's still around. Uh, God bless her if she is. And, uh, you know, every now and then, you you know, you you would hear like, uh, yeah, yeah, Costas' mother was listening to you. She doesn't like the fact that you're ripping the kid. (laughs) I don't know if she ever called a talk show. Yeah, okay, let's go to uh, Mrs. Costas on line three. Mrs. Costas, how are you? You know what? You can't keep talking about my son like that. (laughs) No, what? (laughs) You didn't rip it. It wasn't quite a situation like like that at, at all. So, so I'm listening yesterday, and, and there was a lot of this. I mean, people were saying that, that he just, he never stopped, Luby. I mean, uh, and Ron Darling was the color analyst, and it was almost like Penn and Teller were doing a game where one guy spoke and the other guy never said a word. Oh, just really? a couple of gestures here. Dominated, I guess, the first couple of games. Now, I wasn't paying as close attention then because, I mean, uh, you know, I hear Gaz doing a game. He has a great voice, very soothing voice, and. Seems to be an authoritative one. It sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But uh, people were saying that he, he was all over the place. And, uh, you know, a pitch would be thrown, and then all of a sudden he'd make an illusion. Well, you know, when the Gas House Gang took on the St. Louis Browns in 1926, that was a similar situation where a guy stole a second, and everybody's like, who gives a fuck? Oh, we want to know what's going on now. Like, what are you doing, Bobby? Oh, my we God. know you know baseball. We, we know. I mean, we don't need you reading us a baseball history book. Now, some of that infused in a ball game, I, I think is fine because a lot of play-by-play guys don't say anything. I was going to say,
2: when I saw Francis, someone quoted Francesca saying something and they laughed Vince at Sisa. it, I, I retweeted and I was like, he must have loved Vince Scully. <laughs> that's what yeah. Scully did,
0: like. Scully was brilliant, though, in the way that he did it. I, I, I guess everybody I thought that Costas was forcing it, and that maybe he'd been out of the game too long. But he he's been calling baseball regularly. Yes, I was reading an article today uh, by the media critic. There, he usually does a pretty decent job in the New York Post. Uh, at least I, I, you know, can go along with a lot of his opinion. He seems to be very favorable. He's uh, not like Phil Mushnick, where I just go outright you know, out of his way to slam a guy, if he can find a reason. He seems uh, very favorable to the people in the media, I guess, you know, like you would expect. He deals with these people. He doesn't necessarily want to be taking constant pot shots. But even he was uh, sort of critical of Costas, soft-soaked it a little bit, said that he rebounded nicely in his game five, which uh, I paid a lot of attention to, especially in the early going, to see if what everybody was talking about with Costas uh, had some relevance to me. And, and I could see where they were upset, because if that was the toned-down version, then it must have been really just absolutely <laughs> maniacal what he was doing to Ron Darling in the audience in uh, the first couple of games of the series. Now, now he's going to be OOP, as they say in dog racing, out of picture, because uh, he's going to end up uh, doing the studio hosting for the Yankees Probably series enough. against the Astros. Many people thought, too, that he was totally biased against the Yankees, which is kind of shocking, because uh, he, he is no I mean, at Lewis Mickey guy. Mantle's funeral, he, he was – the like the keynote speaker, and he still carries what must be like a $12 million baseball card in his wallet. I mean, if I'm a pickpocket in New York and I see Costas around Central Park where he has like a $10 million pad, might be, it might be 20 now, I'm picking his pocket. No, just to get the Mickey Mantle card. I don't care if he has no cash. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll give him back his credit cards. That card has to be worth a fortune, oh, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mint condition Mickey Mantle card that Costas has carried Uh, supposedly. I mean, that's how the legend goes. And I I believe it to be true in his wallet, uh, you know, since he was born. So um, I I, I don't know that uh, he would be biased against the Yankees. It did seem like in the ninth inning, he was trying to find a way to bring Cleveland back into the series.
2: Well, that's what they all do. You know that. Yeah. Everyone swears the national media is against the Dolphins. I mean, it feels like they are, but I don't know if they are when you watch these games.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately for us, uh, you know, here in South Florida and and the people that are diehard Dolphin fans, they, they have not been all that relevant. Since 1999 when Marino retired. Yep. That's 22 years. True. That's, that's a long time. So the national media is probably, I mean, almost completely turned over from, you know, the old guys that were, uh, you know, uh, going, uh, the grizzled old veteran uh, press guys that were writing about NFL football uh, back before 2000. I mean, it's a lot of young kids now and bloggers and things like that. I, the Dolphins just haven't been relevant. So I don't know that there's any great national media bias against the Dolphins. They really haven't had much to talk about except a variety of goofy controversies that they've been involved in uh, with uh, various forms of ownership, uh, you know, i.e. Stephen Ross and his contingent of people. Th- was Ross now, uh, he's back, so was he allowed to attend the owners' meetings? Because uh, that got very contentious. Well, we'll get into that oh, a bit later on. I love the Jerry up. Jones stuff. <laughs> Jerry Jones is telling Kraft <laughs> not to fuck with him.
2: That's crazy. I, I,
0: Jim Ursay is saying we have to get, get rid of rid Dan of Snyder. Snyder. Yeah, that's Jim A-Pott. Ursay is A-Pott. now a spokesman. <laughs> Did you see Goodell? I don't know nothing about I nothing. He it. went potentially <laughs> well, at the jo- press conference. Because
2: Jones is like, well, I think we need to. A- Figure out why we're paying this guy this much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Which and Cazals up there—he uh, doesn't even address that. He just—he was asked about the Ursay comments. Now here's Ursay who was caught like with with Everything. Drugs, Everything. strippers, guns, weapons, guns, lots of cash in up. his car. <laughs> yeah, while being pulled over for like a DUI, or uh, yes. you know, he was a uh, drunk out of his mind. Yep. So I mean, uh, he's no saint, right? Uh, the old uh, Greg Allman song, uh, "I'm No Angel." He's no angel, It's Jim Irsay. And uh, they were involved, the Irsays, of course. This was his father in one of the most despicable uh, fleecing of fans' emotions in the history of the world. When they backed up in the middle of the night, the Mayflower trucks uh, and moved the Baltimore uh, Colts to Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Come on. Left them high and fucking dry. I mean, you can't can't abuse fans any worse than that. And he's going to be a spokesman for what's good about the NFL (laughs) and how they need to get rid of Dan Snyder.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it's a pot calling the kettle black or if it's, wow, Snyder's just that bad that even Ursay's allowed to say Snyder. Imagine
0: it, Ursae <laughs> is dumping <laughs> on. <off>. Right? <laughs> death row prisoner is yelling at the guy, you scumbag." Yeah, He's you been walked to the chair. <laughs> it's the same thing. I started talking about this whole Meghan Markle thing. I, oh, yeah, I, you know, yeah, yeah. I, And the reason I brought that up is because she's complaining now of being about being objectified as a bimbo by being on this show, which probably was paying her a very handsome sum. But whatever the lowest we'll the union show. amount of money that they can pay somebody to appear on TV, she got in the union. She was an aspiring actress, uh, got the exposure. She did end up uh, getting an acting career going uh, at some uh, reasonable level of success. And uh, all she does is complain, right? She's complaining about That's that. It. She's complaining about being a princess. Complaining about uh, the treatment she got from the royal family, who are still paying the freight. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they got rid of the title and still lived the life. So what do you?
0: Whatever. Well, while she's married to a guy, uh, let's face it. I mean, I think she's an attractive woman. There's no question yeah, about just... that. Uh, yeah. Has a certain amount of appeal. Uh, I mean, if you look good in a black and white picture in the New York Post, then then you're a good-looking person. Yeah, she's good-looking. Is that? They don't give you the color on the uh, Bulldog edition I get of the New York Post. So it's a, a little less, I mean, you get the color on the front and the back, but not in the pictures. Not, now, how many people, Luby, really look great in a black and white picture? Oh,
2: God, well, you can't really even see. You right? actually...
0: The only time you see guys in those kind of pictures are the managers of the Publix Deli. <laughs> and they have that black and white picture that they hang uh, over the thing. Uh, I want to show you this. Uh, okay, now, now this is a very, I mean, how could you not say that this is uh, an attractive woman here? No? Yeah, she's good looking. Can you see that, Louie? I've
2: seen her. I know she's good. I'm not fighting that. I just think she whines a lot.
0: Wines? (laughs) I mean, how can you possibly (laughs) have a complaint about. I mean, I I brought this up because she's probably the only one that whines more than Yankee fans. (laughs) And and Yankee fans, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, what a joke. I love it. Now they're like, I don't want to get on Tony. Tony. Tony's not really this type of fan. No, I mean, he's not. Uh, you know, he, he's not one of these guys that complains about the Yankees losing and no. fire cashman every day. No, no. So uh, I'm going to give him a pass on this. Uh, Tony Segretto when he talks later is. on. But uh, <laughs> Harvey is. <laughs> oh, God, were they crying after the down two one? you're down two one in, in a best of five series. You, you need to win one game on the road against a team that that was, uh, I guess was Cleveland, the lowest seed, I, I think, coming into I think the so. uh, playoffs. I think so. And uh, you, you need to win one game there with, with uh, your $800 zillion payroll uh, you know, worth of players. Where you're, you can afford to have uh, Giancarlo Stanton strike out like 10 times and Judge strike out 10 times out of 12. And you're still going to win because they're going to hit three-run homers for you, yep. which is what happened yesterday. Wow. I mean, have you ever seen a guy? I thought, I thought that guy was uh, going to be uh, revealed that it was uh, Terry Francona's love child. <laughs> that he put out there on the mound. There, there would be what was that like when the uh, coach's son gets to start a game in, Always. in a I big hate game, that. Little League World Series? This Savali, the poor kid, my God! I mean, he, he didn't have a great season, but anybody that's watched even two seconds of baseball in their lifetime could see somewhere about midway through the first at bat that this guy had nothing. Mm. I mean, he, he was yanking his curveball, kind of uh, short-arming this breaking ball that he threw. And you, you literally were thinking, my God, when this guy throws a strike, someone is going to get hurt on the subway station there in the Bronx. Because, uh, I mean, if anything is anywhere near the strike zone, these Yankee hitters are going to tee off on it. And uh, he was just absolutely horrible. So, uh, you know, you knew that. Uh, and the only guy, uh, actually, that he got out in the whole ball game was Aaron Judge, struck out. Of course. Who uh, then he later redeemed himself with a home run. But, uh, you know, hardly had the kind of series you would anticipate from a guy that nearly won uh, the Triple Crown. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, though, I mean, he finally put a ball over the plate, this guy, Savelli, and that was it. Uh, Three-run homer out of the park. And at that point, uh, I felt that the Flowers were in a punch. Not that with, uh, you know, eight more at-bats, the uh, Guardians didn't have a chance to come back in the game. But uh, guess what, Yankee fans? Uh, All of your concerns, uh, and they were ready to fire Aaron Boone, They wanted Cashman out of there, which um, I I don't say that I'm opposed to either of those moves. But, uh, you know, you got the best and the worst if you were a Yankee fan because you would have to think that Boone and Cashman saved their jobs by prevailing in this series of the Lonely guardians, which is kind of interesting. And and now they go on to uh, face the Houston Astros, who have been uh, obviously a, a nemesis for them. And there's a lot of bad blood there and cheating accusations and things like that. But um, would you not think, and uh, I'm looking at the handicappers here, the guys that are assessing the series in the New York Post. Now, this is in a New York paper where your natural tendency would be to say, okay, Yankees in seven, even if you didn't believe it. Nah, I mean. Just uh, not to fall into total disfavor with your readers. Now, uh, would you think that the people in New York, the fans in New York, are sophisticated enough not to hate a guy who picked against their own team? <laughs>
2: That answer is a flat out no.
0: I mean, he,
2: That's my favorite about New York like they talk call South Florida fans bad fans and New York fans are real and Chicago yeah. and they're real fans. They turn on their team as quick as anyone. They boo as quick as anyone. They bitch and moan as quick as anyone. They, they want to fire any, everyone as quick as anyone. So it's like, yes. okay, so why are they better? Because they're
0: there to do it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. They're a Meghan Markle offense, are they not? <laughs> yeah, all they do like is you, bitch. You hand a woman like a, a seat two two beats away from the throne in England, and she's like, eh, I don't really like this, huh? Exactly. It's no good.
2: Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, here,
0: here's the way they line up, though. It's kind of interesting. All right. You have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven baseball guys or columnists uh, assessing the series here, the post predictions. Yankees, Astros. John Heyman, very respected baseball writer, Astros in seven. Greg oh, really? Joyce, Astros in seven. Dan Martin, Astros in 6 uh. Ian O'Connor, who uh, yeah, you know, we've, we, we've spoken to, we've spoken to him a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yankees in seven. He's the one he's guy that's on the Yankees' bandwagon. He's a Yankee guy. He's very Mark North. Sanchez. That's not the uh, quarterback. Uh, that's uh, a writer. Says uh, Astros in six. Joel Sherman, well-respected, long-time baseball writer. Yep. Astros in six. And our good friend Mike Vaccaro has the Astros in seven. Th- that's pretty unusual, isn't it? I mean, for wow. what should be someone of an even Steven series. Uh, the Astros that's have better six out right of now. seven they better pitching What's that,
2: right now. After the better pitching, they better bullpen their lineup can go toe to toe for the most part with the Yankees. I mean, it's the cheating is the only thing hanging over them. I'd be more into the Astros too. If they didn't have that cheating crap sitting there, like they was such have, ugliness. Yeah. The Yankees have sort of been up and down. I just think it's funny that the fans turned that quickly. It's like the series. I'm the first one to turn. Believe me. I, I yell and bitch about my teams. And even I'm right now with the three game losing streak with Florida state thing. Look, We'll see, because we're in the season. <laughs> like, wait till the season. C- like, in the game, I get it. You're frustrated in the game. In the game, when things are going wrong. But once the game's over, I usually, okay, reassess. That's what's great about Yankee fans is even after the game, it's still too. much. Even after they win, they're still pissed. <laughs> it's like, guys, I know you won 80 titles. You're quick to t- tell us that. Yeah. Okay, so then you've been here before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The last time was 2009, 13 years ago, with a team that every year, you know, is uh, gearing itself uh, financially and, you know, with the ability to go out and attract uh, any big name free agent, uh, including, I mean, signing Garrett Cole, but when he was the hottest commodity in baseball for $324 million, which now is kind of chump change. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, and the Padres are in the same boat uh, to an extent. Uh, they have a lot of high priced talent there for a team that got shut out last night behind uh, you yeah. Darvish, I had a decent outing. And uh, yet, I mean, do you think the Mets, this is kind of interesting because uh, this Zach Wheeler became a stud. And, and they were not a big, you know, they weren't very high on Zach Wheeler. I don't know that they went to any great extent to keep him as a New York Met. I, I believe, uh, recalling the stuff the that was going around. And uh, I guess you could call it the conversation, Luby, that was going around at the time, was that Wheeler wanted to stay there. And the Mets were like, eh, eh, I don't know if you're worth the money. No, look at what they're facing. Wheeler is uh, an animal, man. He pitches a one-hitter for seven innings and shuts out the – San Diego Padres on their home turf, uh, including, I mean, uh, some killers there, Juan Soto, who they acquired, who hasn't been all that great, and uh, Manny Machado, uh, possibly an MVP. they got Bell in the lineup. Any number of uh, hitters that, that have been uh, doing a good job uh, in the postseason. And uh, he, he shuts them down on one hit through seven innings and, and looks like a monster. And, uh, you know, they instead opted and, and uh, preferring to have an aging Max Scherzer, who they acquired after that. And, uh, you know, and a very fragile Jacob deGrom, who uh, naturally, you know, you would be inclined to say, whatever you do, don't let deGrom go. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're facing that decision. But this guy Wheeler uh, turned out to be the real deal and, and uh, maybe is the most likely to have sustained success over the next five, six years, uh, you would have to say, than any of those three guys. Scherzer will be out of baseball by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and who knows about deGrom? So uh, it, it's always interesting that something that happened as an afterthought one man gathers; it's your line uh, from the Grateful Dead. One man gathers what another man spills, yep. a- and that happens a lot in Major League Baseball. So uh, the Phillies on fire, by the way, another team with like where what eighty-seven that wins from? Yeah, where did during that a regular come? season.
2: <laughs> what the hell? I'm so confused. Get hot at the right
0: time, huh? I mean, uh, they they are on fire. Bryce Harper, who uh, we've all, always uh, been uh, somewhat disparaging about the uh, last couple of years, uh, we, I mean, have you noticed we zipped it on that? Yeah, we have uh, to. He's legit. Well, well it's. <laughs> It's clear cut, though, that the stone crab is far more overrated than Bryce Harper at this this point. point. We we thought just the opposite that Bryce Harper was more overrated than the stone crab. But at $65 a pound as a bargain, (laughs) I'm sorry, Mike Mayo. I ain't buying it. (laughs) Somebody offers me one. Let's say we go to the Even Keel Fish Shack today and Brad puts out a couple of stone crabs. Yeah, I'm all in, man. Of course. Uh, I think I got a piece of shell in my teeth.
2: (laughs) That'd be the first one. Think about (laughs) that. You, You
0: do this to torture yourself pay huge money. It's like caviar. You never got it with caviar, did you?
2: It's fine, but it's not worth the money that you pay for it.
0: No. You're hoping you don't taste it. When you're you're paying big money for something that you hope has no taste, uh, it's like these Yankee fans complaining, man. And whining that they went nine, nine, three in runs in the last two games, uh, just blowouts, basically, even though the scores, uh, you know, didn't necessarily reflect, uh, you know, a blowout, but they dominated this game, uh, yesterday, and uh, so that was good, uh, you know. And I've often thought this, I mean, uh, you know, and, and I've been questioned. Mayo was challenging my integrity because he said, How could you have possibly been a Yankee
2: fan and then become a man? There wasn't fan? anything else. Oh, it's a switch, it, it well, was the I mean... time when I, I
0: grew up. I mean, uh, look, uh, and and see. Everybody was backing the front runner. This is my theory about backwheeling a favorite. It's kind of the evolution of a degenerate mindset where, you know, everybody loves one team. So you go ahead and root for the other. And and what happened, it turned into my one of my most prosperous uh, enterprises ever was when we booked the action against the Yankees in a 1960 World Series. And Mazeroski hit that home run. And I, I've told the story many times. I did not have the money to pay off the wagers that we had taken. I was I was in dire straits, and um, at, back in the day, man, there was like a big thing with hobos. I don't know if you remember, like guys oh used to God. have like a, a, a stick that they had over their shoulder, and they'd have a little bag that was made out of like a bandana more or less, some kind of, uh, you know, a piece of material like that. And you put all your stuff in there, and you carried it over your shoulder. I was in that position on the Myrtle Avenue elevated train in the uh, late stages of that 1960 Game 7 <laughs> Uh, on my way to Queens, man, I I had to get out of Brooklyn. I I, I don't know that Queens was far enough away, but I think that's as far as the train went. And there was no way I I couldn't come back. I I was not going to be able to pay these guys, these Yankee fans. And I booked all interaction, all of my friends there at the Clinton Hills apartments and, and, uh, Clinton Hill, I guess it was Clinton Hill apartments. And, um, that that was in, I, I was done. And, and then Maz hit that home run. And I literally, I, I got off the train at the next stop, got on the train that was going the opposite way, came back and said, okay, boys, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I mean, I was cowering my way that's out of great. town and that's how the Yankee fans were after uh, game three of the series against the uh, Cleveland guardians. So uh, they prevail. Uh, Nestor Cortez, uh, there, I mean, a boy, so we have to embrace this story. He seems like a very, very cool cat an easy guy to uh, root for. But, um, I mean, a challenging Yankee fan. We always thought this as kids. I I remember this uh, distinctly growing up. We figured Casey Stengel was a a revered manager, and uh, I I would imagine Casey's got to be a Hall of Famer. No, Casey Stengel, he won like 10 World Series with the Yankees. Hall of Famer. Um, And and I've told this story many times. I had a very prominent casey stengel autograph actually you know nice ink you could tell that this was authentic and uh, i had it on a baseball that was signed by the entire roster opening day roster of the what? uh 19 yeah this was uh not the yankees but it was the uh 1963 oh, new york mets oh jesus so now had it been the 62 mets that would have been really yeah, something
2: ex- yeah expansion yeah
0: but we were so weird back then, and nobody knew anything about memorabilia or like autographs. <laughs> we used the ball. God,
2: dude,
0: you make me sick. I still remember because uh, Casey signed in a you know very distinct. He had a great signature, and it, it was clear cut that when these guys actually signed balls in the clubhouse, which they did back then, it wasn't like the clubhouse manager forged all their signatures. Uh, this was uh, you know authentic as it could possibly get. And uh, Casey's autograph was very distinct, and, and it was very prominent. It, w- it was larger than the other autographs that were on the ball. The other 25 guys signed, and, you know, it wasn't like you couldn't recognize it. Are but you kidding me? Very, very distinct. And I remember it actually, Stengel's autograph was obliterated by some guy that was using <laughs> a black lacquer bat. Oh my God. And, and in one shot, I mean, it was no longer distinguishable. That it was Stengel's autograph. But but we always felt as famous and as uh, prominent as Casey Stengel is as a manager in baseball history that anybody could have managed the Yankees. In fact, to this day, Luby, I could still go ahead and write you out the lineup card. And yeah. I would imagine anybody else that grew up in New York at the time could do the same thing, right? You had Bobby Richardson leading off playing second base. Tony Kubek uh, banning uh, second uh, playing shortstop. And then, uh, you know, you, you went uh, right right down the line there. You, you had uh, Maris, Mantle, Barrett. Yeah, man. Uh, man you Buscarin, batting sixth. Hector, man, he uh, who just checked Lopez out. Hector Lopez, Lopez legit, seventh. Cleet right. Boyer, batting eighth. Legit. 250, 20 home runs. Yeah, Greatest defensive Grape third baseman yep. ever. And, and maybe a pencil in Whitey. Who could hit decent, yeah. So okay. so how tough was it to manage this team? Oh, it wasn't. It's a joke. Not not at all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come joke. on. Anybody doing? could have sat there in the dugout and go, uh, hey, how you feeling, Whitey? You want to go to distance again? Okay.
2: Yeah, and that was when pitchers went nine innings. The bullpen was Only four guys a in a rotation.
3: Like.
0: <laughs> if you brought in a closer, it was little Louis Arroyo. We would come in there and just uh, throw that, uh, you know, uh, fort ball of his, and uh, that was it. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a very easy team to manage to 100 wins every season. So, um, and, and that was kind of the reason that we, uh, you know, a couple of us defected. Because, uh, A, there was an exodus going to Long Island, which uh, the Mets were actually kind of a part of, and uh, B, it was just too easy to root for the Yankees. I mean, who, who wants to, after a while, I, I don't know, I, you know, winning uh, it can be everything, and, and naturally, if you're at the track, you want to win every race, but you're not going to. But uh, when you're rooting for a team that just year after year wins everything after a while, you know, we just felt at the time that being contrarians that, hey, let's root for the worst team in Major League Baseball history, the 1962 New York Mets. And that was great. They won 40 games that year. Oh, Jesus. 40 and 120. <laughs> and you're thinking, well, didn't they play 162? It and just, and they great. were so bad that no, they just didn't great. even want them to play the other two games.
2: Can you make them up? <laughs>
0: Oh God! I mean, they, they were a horrible team, man. it was amazing. Chu Chu Coleman, one of my favorite catchers of all time, batting like a buck sixty behind the plate, but a great defensive catcher. Uh, you know, as, as they said on the broadcast, he's the best low ball catcher in the game. The trouble is, he can't catch anything above his chest. <laughs> <laughs> all those are going right to the screen. It was great. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and that was the other thing. I, I guess uh, Francesa and uh, other people had noticed that uh, Bob Costas had referenced the fact that the Yankees had hit twice as many home runs as the Cleveland guardians during the season over a hundred times. And he did throw that in a couple of times uh, yesterday. So I, is that a sign that he's losing it? I hate to think this cause he's a year younger than me, this cat. Are you finding the same thing to be true on these broadcast people? I mean, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, listening and watching now, uh, you know, for many, many years, Luby, are there signs I see signs that it's unraveling mentally for me. Well, I, don't. I don't know if you do. You well,
2: know, I'm losing it too then, I guess. I don't know. That's And that's very possible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, Yankees uh, move on. And I, I think that's good. Boone and Cashman will be back. They'll they give the uh, Yankee fans uh, that will stir a pot of complaints. And they can all go Megan Mark. Oh, my God. I had to stand there with a suitcase <laughs> for $2,000 a show. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Just because you married a guy that looks like Carson Wentz. <laughs> Who on your advice left the royal family? Exactly. Yeah. Never mind. I mean, uh, being the heir to the throne, there, man, that's over with now. I mean, it's like you stop going to temple after your bar mitzvah, which I did. It's no longer a connection with God. I'm on my own, kid. Very much on my own. All right, the uh, Phillies and the Padres. Uh, that was also uh, interesting. I mean, uh, I don't know how many strikeouts there were in that game, but there were only four hits in the entire ball game. Jesus. Two of which were home runs, one of which was historic. Speaking of Mickey Mantle and a uh, baseball card, I used to have this one. And uh, I believe it was in Detroit, Tiger Stadium, where Mickey Mantle hit uh, one of the longest home runs in baseball history, like a, an over 500-foot job before it was really common to have an instant measurement and uh, you know uh, exiting velocity and all of these other numbers now that they patch in which uh, drive you out of your mind. I I, I don't know. Just because that left the bat at 104 miles an hour doesn't mean it wasn't caught on a line by the second baseman.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? So uh, what, what does it all mean? Nothing. Except when a ball leaves the park and now you have these instant measurement stats being given to you about the distance of the home run that it would have traveled, uh, which, which is hard to measure, right? When it hits a chair in the upper deck and bounds back into the field and you go, oh, there it was, 488 <laughs> feet. <laughs> But there was a famous baseball card, which I had. I I don't know. I think I had more than one copy of this. I don't know if it would be of any great value anymore. And it had a perforated line of the trajectory of Mickey Mantle's historic home run that I believe left Tiger Stadium. Like it was like the only ball ever hit like completely out of this ballpark. And it was a baseball card uh, from the top series that depicted that. And they had the trajectory line of the home run. And I forget what the measurement was on that, but uh, I had that card for a long time. But but this was uh, serious tape measure stuff. Did you see Schwarber's home run?
2: Well, like what, 488, right?
0: 488, they said. Jesus, 488. That's I crazy. mean, uh, and nobody hits the ball in the upper deck there. What is it? Pedco Park? Yeah. The name of the uh, San Diego Stadium? Yeah. Uh, nice looking ballpark, by the oh, way. Wow. Beautiful. And a lone professional team uh, left in San Diego. San Diego, not big. I mean, they're, they're very – I mean, you talk about blasé Californians. If L.A. is sort of detached from what's going on on a daily basis, yeah, man, did you try the sprouts? Nah, I had a Chardonnay, and I decided to have the salmon. Uh, you know, that's L.A. Not even the salmon. I had the sand dabs with a little bit of lemon. Mayo would love it out there. Very pretentious when it comes to food. But uh, – I mean, in San Diego, they just—they really don't give a flying one, right? Old ladies, like when we were in Encinitas out there, when we went to uh, catch a few races at Del Mar last year, uh, I, I, the funniest thing was like you're huffing and puffing to get up these stairs that lead down to the beach, all right, because uh, everything's on a cliff there in uh, that part of Southern California, and you're, you're literally walking down uh, like a very arduous flight of stairs, Luby. Uh, you know, going down, no problem. Going up, a whole nother story. And then, you know, as you're like thinking, oh, geez, you know, my, my legs are cramping here. Maybe I ought to just stop for a second. But you don't want to look like an asshole. And, you know, like they, you're totally out of shape. And uh, then some old lady, like a 90-year-old lady with a surfboard and a wetsuit will go blowing by you going, <laughs> hey, nice day today. <laughs> Granny, you going to breakfast? Yeah, okay. We'll start the man. <laughs> And she's throwing her surfboard in a van uh, like she was, uh, you know, in <laughs> that uh, Point Break, Patrick Swayze movie, point, like point Break. break. Yeah. Like and Canada. then they're tossing a football around on a beach in the middle of the night, ninety-year-old bag. <laughs> They're not at Publix going, will you honor this coupon? Exactly. (laughs) There must be something in the air out there in uh, California. Oh, my God. All right, so uh, the Phillies win that. Uh, Dave Dabrowski, we're happy for him, of course. He took over uh, about midway through the season as the president, uh, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what his title is of the Philadelphia Phillies, but uh, walked into a pretty good situation. And uh, Bryce Harper with a home run in a ball game Uh, that was uh, ultimately the deciding run. Tremendous uh, outing by Zach Wheeler. Uh, had a couple of relievers come in and also were lights out. Uh, so, uh, here are the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, with one of the, uh, I, I, did they have the worst record of any team that that's in the postseason or were they like 86 wins and, uh, they're on fire right now that they can do no wrong. Uh, they've only lost one game so far in the postseason and, uh, up on a, one one Oh start over the Padres who are also unlikely to be there. That, that whole theory about the uh, disadvantage of being the better team and sitting out the first, it, it went 50, 50. Yeah. Which uh, is that not reasonable? I mean, uh, with the Yankees and Houston prevailing, and, and Houston did it in a cakewalk, right? Uh, just uh, took Seattle right out of there in three games. Although uh, actually, it was four games because they played 18. 18 that uh, I mean, do we really need an eighteen inning baseball game, Louie? Maybe after twelve innings in the playoffs, throw a guy out there, throw a guy on third base for God's sake. Just put a guy on third to start the inning <laughs> a, after fifteen. <laughs> Have him one foot from home plate, and all he's got to do is step on a plate and the ball game is over. That, that would be great. Um, and, and many other things happening. Basketball got in the way last night, NBA. It did. It did. Okay. Uh, the Celtics, wow. I mean, uh, there was a lot of speculation. It shows you how great the experts are. And uh, you would have thought that this was extremely logical to believe that with uh, Ime Udoka and that situation blowing up at the last minute, and then uh, there was talk during the offseason. I, I don't know who planted this talk or how relevant it was that uh, the Celtics were willing to trade. their their two stars well, not for Kevin Durant. Just, well, Brown. Or one, yeah. They
2: weren't trading Jason Tatum. They wanted to trade Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, some other guys, Ford, KD, supposedly.
0: Okay. So and, uh, there was Marcus Smart in, in the middle of everything last night for the Celtics as uh, they beat the 76ers and seemed to handle them pretty well. I the think the game half, was yeah, tied at halftime. Yeah. And uh, then and, uh, they pulled away in the second half. So uh, the Celtics, and, and uh, the way they uh, celebrated with uh, Joe uh, Mazzula, yeah, who took over for uh, Udoka and, and was one of his assistants, did it look like they were lacking in chemistry, uh, Luby? Did you see this? I mean, uh, they, they absolutely love this guy. I'm sure. We'll see. Now, they played lousy ball for the first half of last season under Udoka. Yeah. And uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, speaking of uh, great sports talk speculation, has asserted that uh, the reason that Yudoka was not fired and was only suspended was uh, that he was a certainty in Stephen A. Smith's mind, uh, unverified and and, uh, through no sources but his own intuition, which uh, he's been right about a couple of things here and there. He throws a lot of garbage out there, but NBA seems to garner at least least enough respect not to be laughed at and mocked universally for Mm -hmm. this opinion. So I don't know if there's any truth to it, but uh, nonetheless, he he was speculating the only reason that they put him under suspension – was so that he could not become the Nets coach, which uh, he no doubt was destined to be. That was Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith's speculation yeah. about Udoka. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, there.
2: It makes sense.
0: Well, he was an assistant there, uh, you know, and, and Steve Nash was obviously in some form of disfavor. You Nash's. think if Kevin Durant is going publicly about how he thinks Steve Nash doesn't know what he's doing, which which is hard to imagine, because here was a guy that was a genius point guard. I mean, he, he was tremendous. You know, the, the proverbial coach on the floor. And you would think that, that just like with Magic Johnson, it's so weird how it doesn't necessarily translate into being a good coach. It rarely
2: does. I mean, it, it rarely are the great players great coaches because they can't understand someone not being able to do things as easily as they could. It, it's hard for them uh, to understand
0: yeah. that. Well, and, and also it's probably not an easy situation. I mean, you, you not only have NBA egos to deal with, but you have headcase NBA deal. Well, uh, Nash egos is a whole nother thing.
2: I don't know. I'm not going to say Nash can't coach. It. To, for your first, that, look, that's why the Spoelstra thing was so impressive, because not only did he weather that first
0: storm, unlike Van Gundy, where the challenge Gundy from LeBron. I mean, was uh, you know very. He, it was just symbolically played out there when he shoved them to the side and said, "Hey, get out of my way." That first You're year,
2: it could have done gone Van Gundy. And yeah. Spoelstra stood up and was like, "No." And Spoelstra was the one that, with Riley, got in LeBron's ear and was like, "Look, you got to change your game. You can't let <laughs> uh, 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 Jason, old Jason Kidd, Old Traumarian, and the little guy uh, push you around. You have to go and beef up and, and change your game." And LeBron had, as good as he's been since, and he's been amazing. Those three next three years were his best. I mean, he was just a freaking force. That was all Spolstra. That's rare. Like, your first job should not be with Hall of Famers. Like, it's well, really I mean, hard. Uh, like... he,
0: he is uh, the, uh, you know, protege and the epitome of, uh, you know, a Pat Riley clone. Oh, Spolstra, in, yeah. In so yeah. I'm many different about Nash. ways. Nash, yeah, hand... It's not hand-picked. easy. Like... As Mick would say, these were hand picked fighters, Rock. Right? <laughs> hand picked by Riley to uh, take over, and uh, that looks like a pretty wise decision. Pat Riley's made a few mistakes in his uh, basketball executive career. That was oh, not was one that, of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the Warriors handle the uh, Lakers uh, in the second half. They pull away in that ball game. I guess the Lakers made it close, uh, somewhat so in the fourth quarter. A uh, lot of conversation about how the Lakers stink. I saw Kendrick Perkins on, who suddenly has become the Aldi Reganus of basketball. And um, you know, I, and I'm not sure that he's saying anything of any great relevance. No, he doesn't.
2: That's a problem with Perk.
0: But he's an intimidating looking dude, and oh, uh, you yeah. know, people people knew him for that sour face that he had so the fact that he's sort of uh, you know a gentle soul by comparison as a commentator i, I you know i i find it I'll, I'll listen i'll watch and then i'll think wow that was ridiculous kendrick what did you just say <laughs> down on rob palenka who uh, another one of those guys that uh, for not really doing anything of any great uh, you know individual accomplishment outside of uh, that when he first was named gm that they, they ended up winning the title that year, uh, the Lakers, uh, with, I mean, do they not have the talent to be considered title contenders? They should. Of course they do. I mean, just the fact that you have LeBron James on your team makes you a title contender. And uh, who's more remarkable, Brady at 45 or, or LeBron James? Well, LeBron right playing, now. Playing uh, a sport that involves a, a much higher that level overall of athleticism. When he still Man, does it. it,
2: he had 31-8-4 and <laughs>
0: It, it, it's it's hard to it's hide him. your age in basketball if you're aging as an athlete. Whereas you might be able to disguise it at the quarterback position. Well, especially now, the quarterback position yeah. now,
2: where literally Justin Herbert got chest bumped. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even fall down, and they called a roughing the pass with the ball oh, in his yeah. hand. <laughs> they called a roughing the
0: pass. Yeah, yeah, the guy high fived him. <laughs> it was and as he was, uh, you know, uh, you know, going by him uh, without touching him, he said, I'm a great admirer of yours, uh, <laughs> Justin, and I think you're going to be a superstar in this league. Whoop, here comes the flag. That's roughing the passer. I mean, taunting, sport. taunting. He flagged a guy for taunting on that. So
2: that, yes, QB can last a little longer with that. LeBron is, still goes to the basket at will, still is doing all the crazy athletic stuff he always did. Yes, it's, yeah. it's impressive. It's just the problem is he couldn't get out of If he had just stayed out of personnel decisions, they'd be considered higher. The problem is you're counting on Anthony Davis a lot with what they have around them, and Anthony Davis is going to get hurt. Like, that's just who Anthony Davis is.
0: You think Yudoka was banging the owner's uh, wife someone uh, in the high, locker room?
2: The fact that it got to this, it went that quickly.
0: How does this stack up, uh, I mean, with our good friend, and I, I hate to even bring this up because I don't like to bring up disparaging things about Rick Pitino because we love the guy. He's great. But, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, if you were going to have your man card stamped, I mean, banging some woman on the table I mean, of a, a closed Italian restaurant, a small little Italian joint in Louisville, what, where the owner throws you the keys and says, Hey, Rick, do <laughs> you finish with her? Why don't you lock the place up? It's a move. That's right. Right out of a Bronx tale. What, what are you talking about? 100%. That's legendary stuff. So where does Udoka possibly, and I'm speculating on this, but this was not some uh, inconsequential secretary that just got the job from a temporary agency. Boston Celtics, hello? (laughs) No, this had to be somebody of significance. It uh, just happened
2: really fast, and they didn't really mess with it at all. They just said, screw this. It feels like there's a lot more to it than we'll eventually find out in some book five years or whatever.
0: I don't know. That's interesting, too. I'm glad you brought that up because it was something I wanted to make reference to here before we uh, – well, we've been schlubbering here for a while, but uh, having a good time. And that is, is, uh, you know, uh, Snyder is threatening to – I mean, he supposedly hired, like, uh, private investigators to get dirt on other owners. Now, uh, with Jim Irsay, I mean, the dirt is right there. It's a public record, some of it. So who knows what yeah, who else? Knows what's here, not right? I mean, <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: If that was the time you got nailed, was that an isolated incident?
2: <laughs> no, they always say that. Like you didn't get nailed the one time you did it.
0: <laughs> you yeah. Were, you were doing. How a many long times time. have you been? You know, I mean, thinking, "Hey, I'm slightly inebriated," not, and we would never condone this or recommend it. Not with Uber out there. It's yeah, not worth exactly. taking a chance, it's people, on driving while you're impaired. Now, I try to make a point of making sure I, I don't get in a car if I feel like I'm incapable of driving. Yeah, that would I, I be will stupid. not do that. That'd be dumb. And, and when I go out with people, uh, I try my best at this point in my life uh, to uh, consume the least amount of alcohol. Yep. Because, uh, you know, I mean, even offered free drinks or whatever, I, I'm just like, no, I'm driving and, and I'm done. Well, I've always knocked yeah. it
2: out early so that throughout yeah. the rest of the night, I will sober up. I don't get, I've never driven, I'm sure I had some alcohol in my system, but I've never been like, there's too much that can go wrong and there's too much at stake for you and those around you.
0: But if you do get caught, it's a good chance it's not the first time that you've been in that situation, and it probably won't be the last. As unfortunate as that is, that's human nature. So I don't know, with Jim Ursa, you would imagine there's plenty of dirt that Snyder could be digging up, and especially while using, I mean, uh, you know, some Nick Nolte type, You know, a private investigator that's uh, sneaking around here in a Colombo raincoat uh, and saying, (laughs) you see what old Jimmy boy was doing here at this motel? (laughs) Bobby Kraft was caught on surveillance tape on another investigation walking out of a place that was engaged in sex trafficking. Exactly. What else could they have on this guy?
2: Oh, my God. No, on all of them. They're going to have something on all of them. You know that. Uber rich people are very... They're bizarre. No, uh, they're bizarre, but they're also, I don't want to say laissez-faire, but their egos are so large that they just assume they can get away with whatever they want, so they do the craziest shit. And
0: they're also boring. All right. No, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you 100% on it. Yeah. So, so if, if Snyder is threatening to spill the beans there, and uh, now uh, would that be, I mean, think about this. Remember Chris Hansen, the host of The, oh, Bachelorette, yeah, the Bachelorette, who yeah. left in disgrace. Now, now, what did he do? He got paid off the zillion dollars that they owed him on his contract, plus probably a very generous gratuity for keeping his, uh, you know, sure. secrets to himself and, and uh, deciding not to write the tell-all book. As uh, They even have an episode on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Uh, the Bachelor, you know, it's tell-all or whatever, where they all come on after the, uh, you know, season is shot and, uh, you know, and, and whine and complain about each other some more. Megan Markle, how was she never on The Bachelorette? Oh, because she knew she was going to marry a guy that he looks like Carson him. Wentz. I mean, <laughs> that's not our fault. I mean, Carson Wentz seems like a good guy, but I don't know that he's the most attractive human being on the planet. You, what do you think, Libby?
2: I, I don't know. I've never judged his looks. He looks like Opie.
0: Put I mean, that up as our dead ringer. Carson Wentz, Prince Harry. <laughs> okay. And tell me I'm not onto something there. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Tony Segreto here. We're going old school with Tony. He's a giant Yankee fan, so he has to be uh, feeling a, a huge sense of relief. And also, wow. Does he owe a sincere apology to Ed Garcia of Texas Roadhouse yes, Restaurant? Yes, we
2: were. Well, I was there. I was making fun of Ed a lot because Michigan hadn't played anyone. Well, Ed it was matter. nice
0: enough not to cancel his contract with us while you guys were ragging on him. While I was saying, wow, Michigan, you know what? Uh, that game against uh, Texas San Antonio, that really showed me something. <laughs> that Indiana so game. You were a phony. <laughs> Of course I know where my bread is buttered. Louie, <laughs> that's what this business is all about. <laughs> it's not like I'm Oz trying to sell you something that you could lose I mean, weight with and then because, How is it that only charlatans there are now, uh, you know, head politicians, right? And we're talking about Trump yesterday. a phony his whole life.
3: They're all president.
0: What do you mean the monkey I mean uh, just uh, telling kids, uh, you know, I mean outright. I mean uh, he hates black people this guy it seems. No, but, I mean Herschel like, Walker racist statements. You
2: can't, it's so bad with Herschel, you can't even make fun of the way he talks because it's a sad situation. The dude is, literally has CTE.
0: He he's on he cannot of his mind. put a
2: sentence together.
0: Yeah. and
2: he's gained ground on a guy. Yeah.
0: He's ahead of the guy, I think.
2: Is it? Can he, Could he really
3: be ahead? Oh of my Come god!
0: On. I don't. Yeah, I We don't get
2: it. I don't care what party right, you're no. affiliated with. Believe me, if the, whenever the Dems have a loon, I'm like the guy's a fucking loon, or that lady's a loon, like. A loon's alone. <laughs> like, I don't care what your party. Is.
0: I, I I can't believe it. I, I really can't. That that Costa Rica proposition is starting Ooh. to look more and more appealing to me. I, 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 I can't almost every my day. Mind. I'd <laughs> rather you know be in some country that was literally a banana republic. I don't know that Costa Rica <laughs> it's is. Not. That. It's not. It's not. No, but uh, I mean, you know, I, I would go even deeper into South America. Exactly. You know, to and find something America, that isn't yes. this. It really bananas. That clip. I, I can't believe it. Uh, you know, say what you want about Woody Allen. Uh, you know, talk about strange, but. Uh, Wow, was he? I mean, was he prophetic in making that movie? I mean, it's incredible. Everything that that guy said in that speech is happening right now in oh, America. Yeah, sure. It's crazy. This is this is the uh, path that we have chosen. I tell you, who chose a great path? That was Hylia Park, and he stuck to their guns. I mean, and they have an appreciation, deep appreciation for old school, for uh, the tradition that that was uh, and a history that was written and made. At beautiful Hylia Park. And I'm so happy. I mean, uh, part of my life, on my walk of life now, you start reflecting like, hey, it's 71. Uh, How much time do I have left? What were the great things about my life? And uh, I I just have vivid memories of being at Hylia Park and enjoying every aspect of it. Even while while getting cremated at the windows. I I didn't mind. I would go out and talk to the peacocks out there. They had like a little aviary thing going on. It was great. Or or sit by the fountain there and, uh, you know, uh, hope maybe that somebody could offer me a ride home. You know, so I wouldn't have to take a cab because, uh, you know, the car wasn't starting anymore. And, um, you know, or you might have even sold it. Didn't matter to me. It was great because I was at Hialeah Park and part of a tremendous you know, piece of Americana and American history and sports history. And, you know, one of the great guys I ever met in my lifetime was John Bernetti Sr. There was always, uh, you know, controversy. Signing, uh, you know surrounding John because uh, uh, he was operating sort of in I don't want to say renegade fashion because uh, it seemed like the big establishments were against his whole individual effort to uh, go out there and do uh, you know the the things that he did that, that were fantastic in thoroughbred racing and, and then he came up with the idea he was going to open a casino and people thought he was flat out out of his mind that's just the truth it was like wow I mean I love the old man but and, and you know what that that not only uh, so, so was a springboard for, uh, you know, a resurrection of a lot of the things that he was representing before in his lifetime when they opened his casino. Very proud of it. And uh, his sons, uh, John Jr. and Steve, have carried on the tradition yeah, with yep. the same people in place there. Yep. Same people. When we were at the Tiki Bar, what was one of the things that, that you notice? Same people that had been working there in 2004 when we were there quite a bit, still working here. That That's a good sign that this is a happening place and a place is run right. And that's what Hylia Park is all about. So uh, we can't pay any higher testimony to him. Tony will tell you the same thing. He's had a brilliant association with Hylia Park his entire lifetime. And we know that Tony Segreto is classy an individual, as you'll find on the planet, as nice a guy as you'll ever meet in your lifetime. Uh, Almost so genuinely nice that you're like, "Uh, please, Tony, say something mean, anything. And uh, he he just can't bring himself to do it. But, uh, you know, he, he also, I mean, a longtime advocate of Hylia Park. And we know that he likes to plunge. So um, he, he would love it. I don't know if he's a casino player, but uh, certainly the champion Soma casting room for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, if I'm down there, I'll get that call from Tony on those special days. Uh, can you bet me? And, and he's one of these guys. He doesn't want you to bet like $10 across the board on a horse or something that you can handle. And you say, well, look, I'll take him win in place. I don't have the 30, yeah. you know, to lay out the show here, Tony. I got my own bankroll here. I brought my own money to the track. That, that's what I have to spend. I don't want to compromise my bankroll, even if I'm up. Uh, but, uh, no, and, and he'll call in, uh, I want a $200 box. Like, who does that? 200 <laughs> Tony, do you know that that's uh, $1,200 if I do this? Crazy. So, uh, anyway, no, but uh, he, he would tell you the same thing. I mean, I know I, I saw Tony around there a lot when I was working there at Highley Park for many, many years doing TV. And, uh, you know, it was always great seeing Tony. It was like royalty showed up there on the grounds. And there, there was always a big story happening, and it's the same way today. And you can be a part of it. A winning casino and a great vibe. Tremendous atmosphere with outstanding customer service. It's beautiful Hialeah Park. And uh, we are getting ready in the Champion Sama Casting Room uh, for the Breeders' Cup. That's two days of uh, racing royalty uh, going at each other. And, um, you know, big scores to be made. You'll have horses, uh, Luby, that won like three straight grade ones in Europe. And they're 40 to 1.
2: Jesus, really? It's the kind of action you want. That's sick.
0: It's not like betting chalk in a football game and going down in flames. All right, uh, we're coming uh, up with an old school. uh, Brought to you by Texas Roadhouse Restaurants, Catholic Health Services. And uh, that's coming up. Tony Segretto going to join us here in just a moment. I would imagine he might even have like a Sherlock Holmes Yankee hat with a Yankee emblem on the front and the back and two brims.
2: He's very Yankee right now, yes. I can see him off air and he's smiling. But look, good for him because he's not the Yankee fans we were making fun of earlier. He actually... We make fun of him for being Mr. Polly. Like, when it was 2-1. No, he's, he's all right with right. I'm sure yeah, he was well, like, they're going to get him. They're the Yankees. Like, he's Segretto. Like, I'm sure he wasn't even batting an eye when all these other Yankee fans were jumping off the side of the frickin' Brooklyn Bridge. Like It was over. He, yeah. He's, he's constant optimist. He's the one that's still standing by the canes. <laughs> oh, it's okay. They're well,
0: struggling well, with the He's job there. You know what? The kids are going to respond. So, right, I presume well, with the Yankees. To Tom, he uh, kept I'm sure he's a happy man here today in just a moment. On uh, Old School with Tony Segretto. That's coming up on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, back here on South Florida Live in a moment. Now that. Oh, and later on, right? So, some nice, I mean, you talk about being in the media, and if it's free, it's me. Some uh, nice food that we're going to have there at Even Kill Fish uh, with Mike yes, Mayo sir. in the lunchbox. That's uh, yes, Lauderdale by the Sea, right down the street from me. And uh, looking forward to being out there today at 12 o'clock if you want to join us. It's uh, 8.01.
4: Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
1: From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at Mile Marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at Mile Marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. What we going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto, brought
2: to you by... Catholic Health Services, and Texas Roadhouse.
0: All right, this is not the type of guy, and welcome back to the show. Jeff DeForest, we've got Mike Luby Lubitz, and uh, we welcome in and always look forward to this every Wednesday, uh, one of our uh, favorite times of the week. We get to talk to a real class gentleman here on the program for an hour. It's called All School with Tony Segreto. And, of course, uh, Tony, and, and we gave you a pass, Tony. You are not one of those Meghan Markle, I'm going to complain about being a Princess Yankee fan's. No. Uh, you, you you, don't, you know, I, I don't know that you were suicidal after game three. I, no. Actually, when they lost game three, I said to myself, and you know, I have no particular rooting interest. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would have admired the upset there because, uh, you know, it would have been great to see a young team knock off this giant. I mean, it's just a good sports story. And yet uh, I'm glad the Yankees are facing the Astros because I think that's probably going to make for a more compelling, you know, narrative uh, throughout the series there. And, uh, you know, we know there's bad blood there between the two teams. But, um, you know, after game three, when they lost, I said, you know, they're going to come back and win this thing in five. Well, what? why are the Yankee fans? Yeah. I mean, suicidal. It's it's it was unbelievable. Crazy. And they were ready to fire Boone, which uh, they might still be ready to. But, I mean. Well, the, well, they,
4: they've already said that, yeah, Boone's gone. They, they said regardless of what the outcome is, Boone, good morning.
0: But yeah. You know, how are you, Tony?
4: I'm doing great. I'm, do, I'm doing beautiful, beautiful fall day here in Vermont. I
3: mean,
0: it's. It's exactly. a little cool around here. I actually walked outside 70s. and took out the trash because when I opened the door and let the dog out the other side of the house, uh, I said, "Wow, that, that was a waft of like fresh, cool air." Like yeah,
4: it's, well, it's it's thirty two degrees here this morning, so it's a little not quite here. that cool. Yeah, no, double that. But, but you know, I have to tell you, I was I was sharing with someone yesterday. In, in fact, uh, and ironic, you say this, you know, about Yankee fans and yeah, you know. Uh, I was, I told you that, that when I was born, uh, it, in the bassinet, my, my father and uncles put a DiMaggio jersey, a, a, <laughs> a, a baby, a, like a child's DiMaggio jersey. <laughs> Being Italian American, yeah. living, living in Northern New Jersey and East Patterson, you know, we were, you, you were just a Yankee fan. You were just born with pinstripes on you. And uh, and I was, you know, I love listening to Mel Allen. I listened to games growing up. I was recited when my son was born. He's the oldest. I, I literally held him in my arms hours after he was born and recited the 61 lineup. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's, I mean, I'm serious, Lou. I mean, i Yeah, absolutely. Moose. Scourin, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hector. And yeah. and And then, you know, I wind up playing ball and, and, you know, playing ball with a lot of high-level guys, Bucky and Mickey and all these guys. And wind up actually getting involved with the Yankees early in my career. Just this and, High School? Uh, no. Well, they went to Hialeah. I mean, I he went, played I, AAA. No, Bucky went to Hialeah. Okay. Uh, Mickey went to Northwestern. I was at Archbishop Curley. And we played against each other. Then we all played on a troop together. Anyway... My, my history with them goes back to not just being a fan, but just being involved with them in, in very in various ways. It was very serendipity how all of it happened. But, you know, I did not panic after game three. I thought the series was compelling. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, you know, finally the pressure appeared to get to Aaron Judge. But then he had his moments when, when he would just, you know, he could tell he was breathing. Uh, but I, I, I just... I love the series and I and I I wanted that Houston series to happen. And it wasn't just me. You know, I I I don't know about you, Jeff, but but when when my children were born, they were just they were born to be Yankee fans. That's it. So, you know, my daughter was we were all watching the game. We all showed our TVs on and and it was uh, just a a great week. And now we look forward to to what's going on uh, with Houston. We'll see what happens today.
0: Yeah, very popular uh, with the Italian community uh, for sure. Oh my Maggio gosh. and then Yogi, and uh, yeah, of course uh, Joe Pepitone. I mean, you had, you had so many uh, legendary Italian players. Uh, it, Phil was yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, ball games. very popular with a lot of. I mean, uh, you know, the way the team was constructed, there, there was somebody for everybody to root for. Right? Whether you were a uh, you know an African American, uh, whether you know, because I mean, they had Elston Howard was a prominent member uh, of those teams when. Oh my you, know, gosh, you, you didn't yeah. see as many uh, black players in baseball and, and black uh,
4: catchers and black yeah. catchers. At the time, he too. I mean, that was that was odd. And he had a very, he had a very distinct style.
0: Howard would, was great. Yeah, he, he underrated. Would, he would
4: be able to put his glove at a ninety degree angle. When at that time, the you, all the great catchers at that time, you know, from Bill Dickey to Yogi, you know, and uh, all all around that era, they, they were never at ninety. They were always, you know, kind of uh, they were very they weren't athletic or certainly as athletic as a Johnny Bench was uh, or Carlton Fisk, but we're, we're talking guys who they, they were just old school. They, they weren't as Elson was, was regimented. He was like, he was like book. If you wanted to teach a catcher how to, be behind the plate, you looked at Elson Howell. Great hitter, though. I mean, he oh, looked at yeah. the American
0: League in hitting that one year, didn't he, yeah. with 350, and yeah. uh, had a sensational year. No, I, I remember the wide-open, closed stance and, and yeah. uh, the ability to put the ball in right field. I mean, something, a fundamental, old-school fundamental that probably uh, could be uh, very, very useful today yeah. as you see guys getting thrown out by the second baseman who's pinned to the fence in right field, yeah. in right center, and, uh, and yet he's making a routine play uh, out of uh, you know just a sizzling line drive yeah. so no it was all good for, stuff uh you know i, I really enjoyed uh, that now, now i, I, you- I want to just tell you,
4: say one thing to you and please i'm sorry for the interruption but this no is problem. this has brought back a, a memory you know you talked about the the italian american culture with all the players you know and luby you have to understand this was you know back in the 50s and 60s this was you know the neighborhoods were like we are in miami oh, now which exactly. i have such yeah. such great admiration for you know you've got the, the, the cuban Man. americans in one area hey. and the Colombians. In one, I, I just love that i love the way uh, they've set up their neighborhoods and i, I remember my my father and uncle sitting around eating their fruit glass of wine having their you know cracking their nuts that you know they had their walnuts and their almonds or whatever and yelling at the tv in italian i mean yeah. in, a, in italian spe- and, yep. and like this like Joe, you know, I mean, just just great stuff, just great memories, and that's that's why I love the game so much, and to be able to have played it, and 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 be able to, you know, I was laughing with my daughter. I go, I go, you you know, she goes, ah, I hate the Astros, Dad. I can't wait. I want us to beat them. And I go, so funny. I said, I want the Yankees to win too. I said, this is a team that drafted your father, at the the Astros. And she goes, oh really, Dad, wow. Dad, what? that was a, that was a she goes, Dad, that was a hundred
0: years ago. <laughs> it. Give it <laughs> up. What round? What round was this?
4: They drafted you. I never uh, said no, that. I don't
3: remember. 16th were you drafted ahead of Piazza? That's not bad. I mean, uh, no, no. That's higher than Piazza. Sixteenth like round is higher yeah. than
2: Piazza. Like Who pinkies. they have
0: catching at the time? Del Crandall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were not a catcher. I don't know why. I picked, uh, he wasn't a catcher. You were like a second baseman or something, yeah, like uh, Teddy yeah, Lazzeri. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tony Lazzeri. He was an outfielder.
4: That was just an aside, a father and daughter conversation. Dad, yeah. for goodness sake. That, and, and, you know, it was like, Dad, that was, a F, you know, that was 100 damn years ago. For Stop <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: I, I often think about that. I mean, I really no, do. I was like thinking about going? somebody that I knew in high school and uh, had uh, recently had some contact with on Facebook. And I was thinking that that was 53 years ago. And I can still envision her in that stripe. A sweater that she was wearing that day, thinking, "My God, isn't about time you really got started?" Uh, you know, in, in this other uh, aspect of life. You sound uh, like I'm...
4: Seinfeld when, when, yeah. when, with the library book, and he goes, "I remember she yeah. was wearing a purple dress, and no, Jerry, I was wearing an orange dress. Because weren't you, weren't you drinking? Weren't you?" Having Dentine? She says no, blackjack, black, whatever the come was. You didn't remember
0: anything. Uh, you're close. You're in the ballpark, uh, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. As the Yankees are now, and they have to hustle, and uh, they'll play again tonight uh, against the Houston yeah. Astros. Astros uh, set up pretty well, uh, and they are going to throw Tyon uh, out there on the mound uh, to start for the New York Yankees. Uh, Garrett Cole was up there in a the bullpen. That was kind of cool. Gibson-esque getting ready to come in there. I don't know if that would have been a great move. Now, now, if he brought in Garrett Cole, Imagine this—you uh, know—the narrative would have changed dramatically if he had brought in Garrett Cole uh, to pitch, and, and he serves up like a gopher yep, ball for yep, the yep, 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 walk-off home run by the uh, Guardians. Yeah. Uh, oh well, it wouldn't have been a walk-off; the, the Yankees still would have had it at bat. But uh, that would have been it—they would have gotten rid of Boone, they would have run Cole out of town with his $324 million, and uh, Cashman would have been—you uh, know—seeing yeah. pictures of Lisa Meanwell being sent to him <laughs> every day, like by the dozens in the mail. Uh, you know, every envelope you open would have had a picture of Lisa in there saying, hey, where's my money, kid? Yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah. going to talk. Uh, hey, I,
4: I got a shout-out to Ron Darling. You know what? His style is so different, but I love, I love listening to him. I well, that's he- what I was
0: going to get to here, because uh, you have to weigh in on this Costas stuff, uh, Tony Segretto. Now, I would imagine you work with Costas, uh, NBC. He's hosting the Olympics. You're doing a lot of Olympic coverage. Let's go out to uh, the uh, field there, uh, track and field meet, and uh, we have Tony Segretto. Tony. <laughs>
4: He's a, right? uh, he's a, he's a good friend. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, it was the national championship game, the Gators, I think it was Gators o- o- Oklahoma at the orange bowl. We had, we had the orange bowl game and uh, it was the day before I'm going to retire. Actually, the, 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 I finished my six o'clock show and I met my, had my son with me and we went to the national championship game and I, the, the next day was going to be my last day and I'm walking wow. through the concourse and, and I hear, Segretto screaming he goes are you dying <laughs> i look up and it's costas i go what he goes no hey, you look you- down
0: and it was costas. He-,
4: he goes you got yeah he goes you got my mom all upset she loves you you're retiring i listen to all these radio spots it sounds like you're dead for goodness sake you okay
0: <laughs> nice
4: my son is like that's Bob Costas. So, Costas. We, yeah, we, high, we have, high recognition. We, we work together a lot. I love Bob. All right. I, I love I know he's now, a lot of people. He's being
0: lampooned. Uh, I, I checked it out for myself because I, I wanted to have my own opinion on this, and, and I've known Costas. I, I, I didn't know him well, uh, but uh, he, he was at Syracuse when I was there. Yeah. I do remember him. Uh, you know, we, we thought he was like a complete uh, dweeb and, and a nerd because uh, there was a basketball game between the guys that wrote for the newspaper and uh, were on the radio station. And uh, yeah. that was W.A.E.R. And, of course, uh, I think it was called the uh, Syracuse Orange or whatever, the newspaper. Uh, and uh, the Daily Orange or something like the Daily Planet. And uh, anyway, and, and Costas was in this game. And, uh, you know, I, I was a good basketball player at the time. And, uh, you know, there were many others that, that were very good. I mean, the talented players that, that were playing in this media game. And uh, Costas was not one of them. Man. <laughs> and, and you were thinking, look at this the guy that has no idea what he's doing. And, uh, you know, he was announcing games at the time. And, and was already good. I mean, he was already yeah. good doing, like, Syracuse basketball, which didn't really hit its, uh, you know, height until uh, a period of time shortly after 80s, that. Yeah. You know, they were kind of in a transitional period there, and then they eventually became like a perennial power, uh, you know, a couple of years after the we left 80s, there. Yeah. But uh, but he was great, and, and I remember seeing him on his first national game. And now uh, I grew up like you at Mel Allen and, and then had the pleasure uh, for eight years of living in California uh, of, uh, like, a daily dose of Vin. 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 You know, who, who I got to know. So that yeah. made it even, you know, it was like a, your friend was literally talking to you through the radio. Yeah, it,
3: exactly. It, it, it exactly. was
0: Shakespearean. I mean, it was just fantastic. And, and Costas was in that category to me as a baseball announcer. That's I mean, amazing. he he, he was head. right up there with the greats, I thought. Yeah. And then yeah. I see him getting harpooned. I mean, just every day, including cool. today in the post where, where the guy was sort of complimentary, just saying, you know, he might have recovered. From what was just an atrocity earlier in the series when he was doing the broadcast, what do you think?
4: I didn't think it was a. You know, I I love Bob. Bob has not changed ever. Bob is a storyteller. He he is a, he's a historian. He loves his sports. Baseball is his passion. Uh, people are like like all getting you know wrapped up, going, "Well, what is this talking about eighteen thirty two and and all of these things?" The Gas House history. Gang, you know, yeah, I mean, the Gas well, House you know. Gang and all. And, and and I'm thinking to myself, this is Bob. Bob, Bob hasn't changed. <laughs> he hasn't changed a bit. You just haven't heard him in a long time, and maybe it's now it's starting to rub you the wrong way. But you know what? He's full of antidotes. It, I thought he I thought when when he called Bieber Justin Bieber, I thought he joked a lot and you know tried to get into the moment. And and, and he was getting lampooned. You know, lampooned for that, Guys, Well, they were saying he,
0: he wasn't letting uh, Darling say a word, which a lot of people like Ron Darling. Uh, you know. I, I've I, seen I him love podcast, he, he, He's all know, right with me.
4: Ron Darling is the ana- uh, the analyst version of Pat Summerall, God rest his soul.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
4: You know, Pat didn't say much. Pat I mean,
0: didn't, yeah.
4: didn't say much, but when he said it, you it paid great. attention yep. and it was perfect. Yep. Ron yeah. Darling doesn't say much, but when he says it, it's perfect. Worthwhile, and yeah. you know, you know how freaking smart he is yeah. when you just hear him talk. You know, doesn't raise his voice. He's never changed. He knows everybody without showing off that he knows everybody. You
0: know what I mean? He's uh, he, he he showed great restraint by not, uh, you know, strangling Costas in the first couple of games, <laughs> according to all reports. Although, yeah. I, like I said, I, I, I didn't really pay that much attention to the first yeah, couple of games. Yeah, this so. Bobby. So.
4: Bo- that's how Bobby is. But Bobby hasn't changed. He's, uh, he's, got, he's not going to change. that's just the way he is. You didn't see
0: signs he, of senility like a lot of people. Oh, do. gosh, no. No, no
4: in <laughs> fact, I thought he was pretty darn. I thought, I said, man, for 71, he's as sharp as a tack.
0: I, well, I mean, that's an age here. It's a number that's difficult to deal with. I tell you, a guy who's good at numbers here. And oh, uh, I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I, have... I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. Numbers Tommy, are his best to friend just... today. I, have... that I don't know if we can see you when you're on your knees, but oh, you to give an apology to this man, Ed Garcia. I am going, going to bow.
4: I am going to bow. We'll... I have to... I will you insinuated
0: you... his Michigan Wolverines were nothing, were frauds. And they go and shellac <laughs> well, against all the experts. They I shellack Penn State.
4: Get this, you know what? I swear, I don't know. Your your age is getting to you. I never, I never, I was didn't. never insulting to them. I, I just said them, that it, they had not played anybody. In fact, on Saturday, I
0: thought I heard the word Patsy's thrown. No, out. no, no, <laughs> no, no, no.
4: they <laughs> were. They played. <laughs> they Cup played. Pancakes. I didn't say Patsy's. Did. They, they played, played cupcakes and patsies. Ed, good morning. I love to tell you, I, I, I'm grabbing, you know, Saturday's my day to go get my donuts, and I'm grabbing my donuts in the town next to me here in Vermont. And there's a guy walking around with a Michigan hat, and I went, Big game today. He goes, We got this. And I'm thinking, no, they yeah, did. Right. <laughs>
5: wow, what <the> wow, <laughs> wow.
4: What, tell us, how do you
2: feel?
5: Oh my gosh, I am so excited. You know, the, the first half, I mean, we were dominating. They we kept going three and out. We never punted the ball. I mean, that's a pretty cool stat. And, uh, you know, we had uh, two flukes. I felt uh, the double bounce off the helmets and the quarterback sneak that, you know, he got almost all the way into the end zone. You know, that, that put him on top 14-13 and, and made it a game, but uh, made some adjustments. We didn't allow any more mistakes and then just absolutely dominated that second half. I mean, that was football. Yeah. I, I assume now that you're not going to miss any more games. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't
3: think and you want to miss
5: games. The Michigan Michigan State game is at 7.30. I'm not sure what I'm going to do from 6 a.m. till 7.29. No, <laughs> oh, I think you are further out something. I'm
4: sure, I'm sure there'll be some Texas Roadhouse <laughs> some Roadhouse somewhere around. <laughs> well, I'm happy for you. I, that, you're the first person. I texted you right after the game. I mean – it was uh, it was it was a huge win. Wow. That was that was a, that was a spanking for sure. And, and people didn't believe Michigan was there. And I think it also kind of puts to rest that debate of, over who should have been the quarterback. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's all done. But anyway, I would suppose that the Texas Roadhouses in the Michigan area did quite well, not to mention all over the country. And I have a question to ask you after you filled me in on that.
5: Yes, it was uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, couldn't be more proud. You know, people were using the mobile app. I'll tell you, been such an uptick recently with people downloading the app and using that because not only is it great for placing to goes, but at the same time you put time. your name right on the wait. So yep. when it when there's that, even if it's thirty minutes, sometimes an hour, hour and a half, you just put your name right in the queue so you can stop at CVS or do what you need to do on your way in and and show up and not wait too long and get seated with that hot fresh baked bread and the legendary margarita.
4: And I have to ask you, you know, there are stories nationally, locally on with what we're going on, you know, in 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 the country and how I mean even McDonald's has raised their price Oh yeah, everyone. and, and Wendy's is where where how have you maintained with over 600 stores? How many how, how have you been able to maintain your your amazing pricing to go along with the amazing food without suffering any quality of any kind or service of any kind or anything that you do top of the line?
5: Well, you know, Texas Roadhouse, the concept is absolutely amazing. Every restaurant has an owner operator, but we are blessed with a support center in Louisville, Kentucky, and a group of people that do our purchasing and and it's not just like, hey, we're doing business, it's a relationship. So we have relationships with our vendors that have been around, which coming up in February 17th is our 30-year anniversary wow. of oh, Tech right. oh, Roadhouse, wow. nice. And that has really helped us maintain and you know, and, and we buy the quality and we do it in-house. We also yeah. don't pay people to cut the steaks for us or to prep the potatoes or anything else. We do that in-house with a staff. I mean, you, you've been in our kitchens. We have 30 people back there. You go to yeah, similar yeah. concepts, they'll have six or seven. Yep. And yes, it costs us more in labor, but you can taste the difference.
4: So, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's remarkable. So I, I think that we have to tell people, not only do you get a great meal, but with the prices of everything going up from your from your Big Mac to your to your Frosties, whatever you, you buy, even fast foods. You're going to get the same quality and the same pricing at Texas Roadhouse that you got a month ago or two months ago. It, it's, 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 I'm impressive. telling you, Ed, it, it's, it's incredible. It really, really is. And now with football season ramped up and the Major League playoffs going like they are, and NFL season, this has got to be the place to hang out. I, is there one restaurant, real quick before we go, that has more TVs than you've ever seen? Is there one Texas Roadhouse that has like 20 TVs or 30 TVs?
5: Well, I know you were just in the the one in Texas and yeah. they got quite a bit because they have some different rooms, but, you know, at a minimum we have nine, uh, you know, and then sometimes you may see a little bit more. So, uh, but, uh, there's, there's a couple out there that they get pretty big. I think they break into the 20 mark and, yeah. but, you know, we just kind of focus in that, in that bar area and just have that live energy. So if you want to just be off with the family and the little ones in the corner and just watch the line dancing, you're good with that. You want to sit around the bar. And just drink that super cold one and watch some football. Go for it. Yeah. Texas Roadhouse, man. This is
4: the place to be. Ed, oh, we're happy for you. Hey, before uh, you go, go Ed, I
0: have to say, every handicapper, and we have some expert handicappers that have been involved in, uh, you know, handicapping from a variety of standpoints for, for uh, decades. All right. Yeah. Legendary guys. They all loved Penn State in, in this game. And uh, everybody's offering up the theory, and uh, I don't know that this was implied. I, I don't want to bury Tony here, but uh, you know, there, it seemed like everybody shot. said the same thing, that uh, they hadn't played anybody. And, wow. and then I was thinking, you know what? If you look at the first two rounds of a tennis tournament, like where Roger Federer was in his prime, he's playing a couple of guys, you know, that uh, there's no way they could beat him. But guess what? He's still Roger Federer. So when he plays Djokovic, he's going to be in there with a shot. And uh, I, I don't know. that That theory really was debunked there that, uh, you you could go into a big ball game like that and then take on a legitimate opponent after a soft schedule. Uh, they showed that they really were very, very good.
4: So what are you going to do for the Michigan State game with your daughter at Michigan State? What are you going to wear?
5: Um, I, my left sock... With my long boots, will be a hint of green. That's about it. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll them. send I'll send you a picture, but I'm gonna be rocking my amazing blue overalls. And uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be in the lot. So feel free to join us, Tony. Come on in. Uh, I'll have a ticket with your name on it if you want to join.
4: That's I will crazy. fly into Ann Arbor for that one, man. That's I'll crazy. tell you what, it's it's gonna it's gonna be wild. You know, I wish Michigan State were a little bit better, but regardless. I agree. Okay. I, I, regardless it's going to be great for the great for the state and uh it's wonderful and too
0: bad nick might be out of the picture I, I know that make uh you know suffer you know the alabama stores may suffer a little bit but uh you know with, with nick ranked number six now that's uh that's not a bad spot how you know,
4: great it? was that to see him get so upset how wonderful is that how,
0: how, it's gosh. all about the kids tony that's <laughs> refreshing yeah, exactly.
3: all
4: tony, about you know, the kids he was so <laughs> upset. It was like, wow, wow! He went Woody Hayes
0: on this kid, man. He, he, he stopped taking of a karate <laughs> job. Gosh. it's unbelievable. Ed, uh, we hey, love you, man. You are the and man. Thanks. And, the man. Man. And, and, yes, so man. We're gonna get Mike Mayo out to that luncheon when we put that together because uh, he's got to write a story about uh, how incredible, uh, you know, this chain of restaurants is, and as you said, under individual ownership and management, and yet it's all done in the same fashion, yep. and that's what a lot of people love about it. You could drop in like Tony does all over the country or be down here in Miramar and you're going to get the same great food at yeah. tremendous prices. So, yeah. uh, thanks so much for your support on the show and congratulations. Big and, the, the new name of this segment is The Apology, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Go group, baby. Go blue. Thanks, Ed. I was I worse love that Tony. Guy. I've uh, he's a I've a guy. lot of fun wow. in, uh, It's nice when a guy's team that he roots for through thick and thin. Uh, not a fair weather fan yeah, like I these Yankee it. fans. That, no, and we're not putting you in a category, but you know, <laughs> ready to just commit suicide. Not like they're not going to be Yankee fans in the future. But a- as we said, I think it's an appropriate parallel. Megan Markle complaining about being on TV holding a suitcase for 2500 a week come on tony <laughs> a lot of people would love that job no yeah job. give it to me if i had legs like that i mean uh, yeah, sure
2: it's me. <laughs> now she's
0: been objectified as a bimbo and this is a woman that couldn't even stand being a princess for god's sake nuts i don't know what to tell you this
4: world is so different now i just and you're you know you're right i mean i remember and, and i hate to keep it, the name of the segments old school yeah. but when i was growing up and you were growing up you're, you were a fan that I mean you you loved your team thick and thin you didn't you may have gotten upset when they lost but you didn't stop being their fan you didn't want to fire them yeah. you know but it's so easy now we' we're, we're, we're firing coaches left and right college football they don't care <clears throat> pardon me if they have to pay 20 million or $30 dollars well, that's another topic there Tom. that's a whole that's just yeah. stupid <laughs> It's great it's crazy you know how about this yeah. one?
0: I mean, I, I don't mean to interrupt that train of well, thought there, but uh, th- this really struck me along those lines. Uh, the, the Sean Miller guy is coaching at uh, Xavier now. All right. This was a guy that Arizona was disgraced yeah, his program Arizona, there with yeah, Arizona. Yeah. And meanwhile, I mean, this is right out of the, you know, the whole mega thing. I mean, where, uh, you know, his assistant coach did time in prison for what they did and he's got another job. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know like you were talking about with these head coaches. I mean, the best thing you could possibly do is fail as a head coach. On either the college or the pro level, and, and yeah. get Guaranteed. paid off like a zillion yeah. dollars. I mean, yeah. enough to live ten lifetimes.
4: When when Ed Orgeron is now speaking around the country,
3: speaking his,
0: <laughs> part, part he of his speaking engagement. No, really,
4: really, he's quite an orator. I mean, he makes. I like, watch. I like it. Yeah, me too. And I saw he was actually, you know, he's helping Miami out as like kind he's of he's been in like, Miami a lot. A,
2: yeah.
4: A, yeah, but anyway, he tells the story, and he tells it in every speech. How you know when they fired him, they said you know. Uh, sorry, we have to let you go, but we're going to give you seventeen million dollars to leave. He goes, where?
2: When? He's like, when do I? Where do I sign?
0: <laughs> Come you on! I don't even have to do this stuff anymore. He's like, yeah. Exactly. No more talking to little Johnny Jones and his grandmother there while you're uh, downing some uh, meal that you can't even identify yeah, and okay. going, "Ma'am, this <laughs> is good."
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Crazy! That's great. That's great. All
0: right, all right. We're gonna we're come back. A lot to talk about here. We had the baseball going. There's football, <laughs> college football, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I don't know how big of a hockey fan you are, Tony, but uh, that's hockey. underway. We're in the Northeast. Uh, there's been some some interesting boxing going on. I mean, all kinds of great things happening in the world of sport. Uh, you know, and, and you mentioned this last week, and it's true. Uh, you know, and there used to be a debate about this whether spring, when you had spring training you and get all an NCAA the other sports, doing the championships and the NCAA tournament, or, or the fall is the best time, but I would have to say, as a television viewer, 71 years, or as long as I can remember, going back to black and white, I don't think I've seen more offerings of sensational sports activity on TV this past weekend was maybe like the best ever. So saturated. I mean, whatever your pleasure was. You could find it somewhere, whether it was uh, thrilling college football <laughs> games, upsets, uh, baseball in the playoffs in the postseason, NFL action. I mean, uh, it was amazing, the beginning of hockey and yeah. and, and now and, the uh, onset of basketball. It's and you know what's so,
4: coo- what's so cool now? Uh, we, we're, uh, we're cord cutters. So we, we have YouTube TV, and, and, and so all of our TV, none of our TVs are wired to the wall or anything in terms of You know, like they got to be hooked up to cable and all that. And I I know now you got the portable cable. But so on Saturday, because there were so many games going on at the same time, I took, I had three TVs in my living room. All you got to do is find plugs for them. They're all hooked up to the internet. You're streaming on, on YouTube TV. And I got, you know, I've got this game and that game. I'm bound, I'm like a bob I was telling a friend of mine, I'm, I'm a bobblehead. I'm just like, like, like all This over is the an way.
0: advancement, though, from when we started these segments. Oh. And uh, you didn't have electricity in that Vermont place that you had.
4: Right, right. Which yeah, is I, great,
0: I, right? I mean, you were bouncing that signal off the antlers of a moose.
4: Oh, I know. He, I still <laughs> have them. I still have the moose. in case something <laughs> <Moose>, happens. <laughs>
0: I think we've been working with the moose here, with Luby, in this uh, cockamamie uh, system that he is working there at uh, his mom's place. All right, we're coming back with more with Tony Segreto, More Old School, also brought to you by Catholic Health Services, another fine organization. It's uh, only, only associated, it, of course, as you would imagine, with the epitome of class. We'll tell you more about those guys and, and the great work that they do as well. In just a moment here on the Defoe Show, it's Mike Luby Lubitz. I'm Jeff DeForest, uh, the great one in the Yankee Cap, uh, legendary broadcaster, Tony Segreto, More Old School in a Moment. Now that the time it's 8:31. play the ponies in style at champions the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful highly apart yes the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the brass rail bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility if poker is your game you're covered in style And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park.
4: Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people. There is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.
2: These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers Raw Bar & Grill in the Plantation location, because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup, all you have to do is go to LandlubbersBarAndGrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to LandlubbersBarAndGrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel
0: right at home. All right, one thing that I love about you, Tony. And uh, we discovered this over time, although it took a while to kind of uh, realize what the heck was really going on there. As distinguished as you are, and as many people as you deal with, with your various committees that you're on, Orange Ball, this, that, boards of uh, trustees of universities, deep inside, I mean, lurks. I I don't know that it's a sick degenerate, but there is a (laughs) degenerate nature, and nobody loves college football. I believe next to women's softball, college football is really... The most passionate sport that, that you're all about, Tony Segreto, Is that not correct? I love it. I love it. Let,
4: let's say we talk about being the intelligent degenerate, the one who, like, doesn't say it
0: out loud. <laughs> but, Those are mutually but exclusive, like, my friend. Yeah, there is yeah, no yeah, intelligent yeah, yeah. degenerate. If you're a degenerate, Whoa. you've already shown a lack of intelligence. <laughs> anyway.
1: Defoe and Luby love kicking it old school with the
0: legendary Tony Segreto. The degenerate SATs, though, uh, would be saturated with even more complex math. Now it's sabermetrics and all of this other stuff getting involved and in trying to calculate the outcome of a sporting event.
4: I tell you, I've been so wrapped up in the playoffs that I haven't yeah. even, when, when this that little segment came on there, yeah. I just really I haven't even looked at numbers for this week's games. I haven't even looked. Well, I really haven't <laughs> explored
0: that too heavily, although I saw that UM was favored uh, pretty heavily over, over Duke. Duke. Right. Uh, coming up. Uh, Duke, was, I think, what, just what, lost to North Carolina.
4: What was the spread on that?
0: Uh, might be eight and a hook in favor of the a and a half. Eight uh, and would a half. Be reluctant to lay, uh, you know, in any game that they're playing so far this year because uh, they did allow Virginia Tech to come back and yeah. uh, cover the spread. So they were losers against the point spread uh, last week. Another knock on the uh, new and uh, trying to get established Mario Cristobal era. Uh, all right, but uh, we'll, we'll give him a pass on that. I'm sure you won't bring that up to the president the next time you interview the guy that, uh, hey, uh, you know, can you still keep Cristobal <laughs> around? The fans are bitching that he didn't cover the spread last week.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> As he's sitting there that. ready to sign a deal to name the new stadium that. FanDuel Park down there in Coral Gables, he, he's gotten by all the permit restrictions and the politics and the red tape you would have to have to build a stadium there, which... You know this, Tony, and you've been following that conversation forever. And well, you know, if you am at a football stadium on campus, it's still that could never happen on, it's still still on not campus. campus. It's still not on
2: campus. It's still not on campus. Every place is at least twenty minutes away. Like that's what I don't get. Like that, Coral yeah,
0: Cables. And, uh, and, you know, but they'll and, never and do that there. Never.
2: And let's not forget they have a ten-year contract. Yes, before. and it's a very favorable contract. You, yeah. you you said it. It was you or Corbin said that UMAC the execs, which you're one of them, uh, was actually pissed at Ruiz because it's like, dude, like you can say whatever you want, but we have a really good deal with yeah, Hard Rock, and we don't want to feel. And they, they, they sort <laughs> when you talk to some of
4: the some of the people at U.M., they sort of chuckle, you know, because they have a great deal, and and it's still not on camera. It still doesn't rectify the issue. Okay, it just doesn't. No, it no. is the it is what it is. Miami's been able to survive all these years, and. <clears throat> Listen, start winning. It's not going to – your stadium could be in, in West Palm Beach and people would go. Well, the it's last 10 matter.
2: years they had – they were at the Orange Bowl for five or six years. No one knew they were at the Orange Bowl still. The last game, they lost to Virginia something 50 to nothing. Like, and no one was there for the last game. Like,
3: yeah, it doesn't matter where they
2: play. Listen, I, 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 in,
4: in a perfect world, yes. Yeah, would I mean, be great. But for Jeff, where you went, where we're Yeah, we went. have a stadium. I, and, really and my daughter and son went. Yeah, it was you know head. they rolled out of bed and they were on campus and yep. it was fabulous and that's yeah. the way I think it should be. But Miami doesn't have the the footprint for it. We don't have the land for it. It's not the way it is. Listen, listen, it's never You're happening
0: in You can't get a permit for a stop sign. <laughs> no, you can't on, on a faraway intersection. Uh, you know, I mean that would take ten years to approve. How would so. you
4: like to be a? How would you like to be a player at UCLA where there nobody yeah, shows there.
0: Yeah.
4: I mean, not one uh, student good. shows up.
0: I'll, I'll give you a place where nobody shows up, man. I was watching this game, uh, and you'll find this, uh, I guess it goes along with the whole theory that we're and premise we're operating under about degeneracy here. But, uh, uh, you know, in, in my personal bookmaking venture with my uh, dear friend Francesco, uh, he hands me FIU <laughs> in the game. <laughs> In their game against the University of Texas-San Antonio, uh, an online school originally coached by Larry
4: Coker. USTA is a pretty darn good team.
2: They're not an online team. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, (laughs) and and so uh, I'm getting 34 points in this game. And uh, the the coach there, who we haven't uh, had on the show, and and I want to say his name, uh, McKenzie or something? McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, McIntyre. This guy, when I saw his, uh, uh, you know, and all these coaches uh, schlubber a lot of positives and hyperbole, you know, we're going to get this done, uh, be a major force, uh, you know, when they first come on the scene. But, uh, Tony, I have honestly never seen a guy more enthusiastic than this guy, including like Jimmy Johnson and and, uh, Howard Schnellenberger. I've never seen a guy give a more positive impression about what was going to happen there and how happy he was to have the job. And uh, yet, I mean, they were 34-point dogs, (laughs) and, and you talk about a crowd. I watch a lot of the early rounds of tennis tournaments on yeah. Tennis Channel because it's on at like 6 in the morning. And, uh, you know, they'll have some tournament from Stockholm, an indoor tournament. And there is nobody there to watch like Medvedev and Djokovic. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, and, and you're like, well, wow. I mean, no, no. how is that possible? There were two people literally at FIU. <laughs> that this was the saddest thing. I have ever seen in inter- turn There was yeah. no inclement weather. It wasn't raining. Yeah. It was a nice night. I mean, they built uh, whatever. The they have nice. a stadium yeah, there. It's, nice. a there. There. it's
4: a gorgeous stadium. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. I've been there. They did a nice. I you mean, you couldn't be you in there, a Jeff? worse
0: situation in terms of lack of interest in a program than those yeah. guys were.
4: I know. Have you been to that stadium, Joe?
0: Uh, you know, maybe in the distant past, but uh, not recently. It's, so it's,
4: it's beautiful. It's nice. I mean, it's it only beautiful. holds nineteen thousand. Yeah, mean Well, it didn't need.
0: It didn't need to hold. Nine, honestly, there weren't <laughs> nine people in this ballpark, Tony. Now, I loved the game, and, and I watched it with great interest all the way through. Because if you put a point spread in the game and some money on yeah. it, even the worst game in college football, maybe on the slate this year, turns into uh, just an instant, uh, you know, Green Bay, uh, you know, frozen tundra right. classic. It was right. great. Right. So the uh, FIU hung on uh, to uh, only lose my twenty in the ball game, and uh, you know, I covered the spread very easily without even having any anxiety about it from like pretty much the opening moments on yeah. the only thing that could beat me was like twin pin six, pick sixes at the end, which you, is ugly.
4: You know, Luby, I have to, t- I have to share with you. So every once in a while now, more than ever, there'll be moments like at the weirdest times where I'll get, I'll get a text from Defo here. Yeah. <laughs> like yesterday, he, 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 he predicted the, the, uh, the, first Oh, he had the
0: home run before it was hit. Yeah. Right? But, we did.
4: Yeah. The, the demise, the demise of, of Cleveland starters. Civelli, uh I mean, you he, know, he had nothing. He, you could see he didn't that. Even, he didn't even work up a sweat. Giancarlo <laughs> <Yeah. G> <laughs> like <laughs> just ripped it. Ripped, yeah. and, and ripped it opposite field. I mean, they didn't oh, yeah. even. It, it,
3: it
0: was over. I want to I, I want to look at these series of texts because, uh, you know, you felt yeah. it coming. Yeah. And, and you know what? It wasn't just me, though. It was like every Yankee fan oh, knew yeah. that, you know, this guy is going, if he gets anything anywhere near the strike zone with this total lack of stuff that he had it going. Was like home out, run derby out, pitching. Out, oh, was, my God. Was, I, I ordered true. two meatballs from Cafe Monterano just to uh, <laughs> resemble those bitches. And, and you thought, if this guy throws a strike, uh, the ball's going to be, you know, in, in the seats. And, and sure enough, like one second after I sent you this yeah. message here, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it, it, inevitable. it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah,
4: inevitable. He goes inevitable. inevitable, inevitable. I go, well, we'll see. <laughs> Boom! I told you. <laughs> yeah.
0: In game betting, everybody would have cleaned up yesterday. I mean, I know they have in game betting, and I'm thinking this ne- the next strike this guy throws. I don't know if he went to like two and zero or anything on Stanton, but. Uh, the next ball that's near the strike zone is in the seats. You yeah. you could see that coming, man. Yeah. I, I think Terry Francona knew it, and, and you know what? He did. he did. That would have taken some serious balls to take the guy right out of the ball game after <laughs> he gave up, you know, the first two hitters. First I mean, inning. he was nowhere near the plate.
4: He almost did. He almost, he I think almost,
0: he thought about it, you know. Oh, yeah,
4: just, the first listen, inning. <laughs> he, he said. If you recall, uh, what a Darling said that he talked to Francona, and Francona told all his pitchers, It's nothing personal, don't look over your shoulder, but there's yeah. going to be someone warming up every inning. Mm. So, I uh, it, it was, just, <laughs> uh, you know,
0: an unfortunate, you know, compromising situation for these guys, which uh, you know, they just didn't have enough talent to beat. Ultimately, the uh, New York Yankees in a best of five series. Uh, a lot of people thought OL uh, well, was compromising for the teams that sat out and, and had to buy in the first round. Uh, yet that went two and two, Tony, as uh, we yeah. talked about earlier yeah. today. So uh, I don't know if you can make that case. And it is baseball, and and, and we do see Philadelphia is genuinely hot. Yeah, they are. And and, and the Mets uh, who lost to San Diego. I mean, they had kind of uh, you know hit, hit a little bit of a wall there at the end of the yeah. season.
4: You know what I thought was really cool yesterday was how, in fact, Costas mentioned it. You know, the it was a really peculiar time to start a game four oh seven. It was just, it was just odd.
0: And why, why wouldn't they have played that at one o'clock? I
4: Maybe field preparation. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know because found TV. How it, <laughs> may, Maybe I don't know. But anyway, so you're thinking. So they're showing the crowd, right? So yeah. the seats weren't full, and Costas no. made mention of it because you know traffic and and odd start. But by the fifth inning, that place was rocking. That place was full. oh, it was a good crowd, no question. You know, it, it was it was it was remarkable. All these playoff
0: oh, crowds have been amazing. Oh
4: my lord, the energy was yeah. like a college football game. The energy tremendous, has been yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic.
0: They couldn't be any more blase. I was talking about this earlier. I, I picked this up, and I, I lived in California for a while, but uh, you know, I, I was in San Diego yeah. about a year ago, and and and, and literally, like I, these people could care less about anything. Man.
3: Yeah,
0: like I said, like ninety-year-old ladies are, are running. Around in wetsuits on the beach there, and, and, <laughs> and flying up like a flight of stairs, like you're climbing Mount Everest. I mean, enough, you know that I ha- even with my four miles a day of walking, I had to stop and say, eh, let me rest these legs a little bit. And they throw a the surfboard in a van, but they don't, they don't, you know, necessarily get passionate about sports, as evidenced by the fact that you know their football team and their basketball team left there. Yeah, for for like a neighboring city, pretty yeah. much. I mean, yeah. it's far enough away, but uh, but the, the passion they had going in the crowd last night—that that was
3: yeah, it was you know, incredible. Very much and in I,
0: contrast it's, to and San it's Diego. Be,
4: it'll be rocking tonight in Houston. I'll tell you that. They oh, be, that's going to be great. That is going to you know with Verlander going and the the dislike between the two teams, and <clears throat> it's going to be wild.
0: I, I'm hoping, uh, you know, too, that uh, Carlos Beltran uh, shows up there, <laughs> yeah, and ha- and has like a microphone, With like a drum. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes there was when uh, Altuve was coming home there, and and uh, he was, you know, you could tell he was wearing a wire because uh, you know they tried to like, you know, uh, take his shirt off yeah. but when he hit oh, like, he like, so no, no, hit a no. walk off, yeah, yeah, and, and he quickly like zipped it to the top there like he was Frankie Fontanelli, he really did. It was great. Yeah. All right, uh, I have another thing I want to get into uh, with you, Tony, but uh, we have to tell people about Catholic Health Services. And, uh, you know, we talk about it here in, uh, you know, a, a very, you know, lofty platitudes, but it really is the truth. Uh, not that we have to convince people that we're lying at other times, but I mean, it's hard to emphasize. I don't even know that I can bring across how, how wonderful these people are if you're talking about any type of health care.
4: Let me ask people a question, and obviously we're not going to know their answer. But you're, I'm going to ask you a question. When, you, when your loved one is in the hospital, whether it's in the hospital, regular hospital or a rehab facility, um, how comfortable are you when you go to bed at night? How comfortable uh,
0: not not you... at all. I mean, you're, you're hoping that you can get some contact uh, in the morning right. and you're, you're right. sleepless. Since and you're up.
4: hoping maybe if you wake up in the middle of the night, if you call the, the nurse's desk, someone yeah. will pick up and they'll tell you how things are going. That's how you, and, and if not, you're, 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 you're tossing and turning and you can't even, you can't shut your brain off. That doesn't happen. You talk to people and patients and the families of patients that go to Catholic Health Services, they will tell you flat out when they leave that facility, the first time they, they like exhale, like they haven't exhaled in months or years, however long it's been. They, they sleep better than they've ever slept because they know their loved one is not just being taken care of, but. God forbid something happens, they're going to hear about it immediately, and they're also going to hear about how good they're doing or how, you know, how, what, the, what they might need and what to expect. And that's what Catholic Health Services excels in beyond everything else. Not only are they exceptional exceptional at rehab and, and you know, making sure that the patient feels comfortable and making sure the patient knows what to expect and what kind of rehab they're going to do from physical therapy to occupational therapy, because they're two different types. And occupational is, is vital for them living every day getting a can out of the cupboard, being able to go to the bathroom, put their socks on, get in the bed. All of those things are part of occupational therapy. Now, they're not only great there, there, but they're great at involving the family, yeah. making sure the family feels comfortable, making sure the family knows that they're available 24-7 to have a conversation, making sure the family understands that, God forbid, we will be in touch with you if anything happens that we feel you need to know about but we're still going to be in touch with you to give you updates at least three times a day to make you feel really three
2: times a day. So that's the thing yeah. is my grandmother got sick. I like, got God rest her soul twice. Well, I don't
4: know if they week. say three times a day, but I know what, well, I know what I, was
2: dealing it, with. So that's why I believe it's because it I yeah. went every day because of the way our schedule is. And my family's all over the place. I was there every day. The first time my grandma, then she got better. And then before she passed, I was there every day. So I got the updates, but even then being there, it was sort of a pain in the ass. My family, if, if I wasn't there, I would never have known what was going on. So the fact that the, the way Defo was constantly in contact with them, I thought was very interesting because I was like, wow, I never got that. That's freaking amazing. Like no, most healthcare places don't do that. And I'm not slamming it. No. They're just busy. They have a lot going on. The fact that Catholic was Health Services days. goes out of their way is yeah. amazing. That, yeah. And that's
4: the way it should be. You know, there's, we talk about this all the time. This is where Catholic Health Services really excels when a loved one, Listen, we'll use Defoe and your grandmother as an example. When they're not well, it impacts the entire family. When they're in a facility, it impacts the entire family. So when that happens and you bring your your loved one, your mom, dad, whatever, to Catholic Health Services, they involve the family. This isn't just about the patient. Yes, the patient's the focal point. Yes, we want to get the patient up and around faster than they ever could have imagined. But in order for that to happen, the entire family needs to be involved. And that's what makes them special. Trust me, folks. Trust Defo. Listen to us when we tell you. This, this is not about shilling for anybody. This is not a holler for dollar. This is about compassion and from our heart. If you want a difference maker... And you're looking for rehab, and you're looking to facility Catholic health services.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely great. My my brother uh, nobody better at writing a scathing, insulting, <laughs> intimidating, <laughs> threatening letter than my brother. Okay, he he is tremendous at this, and uh, he, he was dashing off like a dozen emails a day to various people at what is a very well respected uh, hospital, uh, Memorial West. I mean, uh, has a decent reputation, but. Uh, Wow, I mean, you don't want to feel like uh, Tony and, and you know, we don't want to, you know, over emphasize this, but uh, you don't want to feel like you have one call from jail, you know, and, and then the guy doesn't answer. Yep, yep. And, yeah. uh, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. it. You're it's done. True. Like you know and, what? And, or like you you're you're just uh, imposing on this poor yep. doctor's time, you know, if you ask him a question like is my mother still alive and, and you know, it takes him two days to get back to you on that. So, I mean, it, it literally it was a complete 180. In, in every aspect of my mother's health care, as, uh, you know, she was uh, unfortunately, you know, placed on hospice care. But uh, even that was, I mean, just like you couldn't execute it any better right. than, uh, you know, and deliver any better on, uh, you know, what what were a realistic promise from uh, Catholic Health Services. So a uh, great president. company, and, and we're proud to represent them oh, here. So and, I'm and, honored. I'm yeah.
4: honored to not just Catholic Health Service. Honored to have both Catholic yeah, Health yeah. Services and Texas. Do it right. Well, well Ed, oh, Eddie G, man, he's great. Honored. You know, just fantastic. All right, we're coming back
0: with more. I want to get into this uh, owners' meeting. Uh, a little squabble going uh, on. Yeah, in we the haven't NFL. talked about it yet, Tony. <laughs> and you, you know, you are socializing those kind of upper echelon 100%. places, so uh, you might have some insight into this uh, that uh, we can share. Uh, back in a moment with more old school with Tony Segreto. Now that eight fifty.
4: Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on-site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
1: From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at Mile Marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at Mile Marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Does your bookie have an app, though? Everything's on an app.
4: Uh, No, he uh... only deals with me. (laughs)
3: <laughs> wow! Well, I mean,
0: what what did you do for this man? Did you break yeah, him out of prison? Yeah, I was gonna say, what, I mean, does that what, mean? What, what, what did you do? <laughs> did you get, you get him off uh, <laughs> some rap? He was with uh, like, uh, El Chapo. He was about to do life, and you I'm, called an attorney on his behalf. I'm like what happened I'm
4: here? I'm like Costanza with the uh, with the password for his for his bank account. In that in that episode, I'm gonna go to my grave with, with that. exactly.
0: Wow! Well, I mean, uh, you you do get very generous odds. I, I would I do. have to say. Thank no, I, I mean. Oh, that would be all anybody that was a sick degenerate like we are uh, could ever dream about is getting better prices than anybody else. <laughs> Various ballgames. So we'd, you know, we'd still find a way to lose.
1: We are now kicking it old school with the one and
2: only Tony Segreto, brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas
0: Roadhouse. All right, so I'm uh, looking at page six uh, in the New York Post. It's kind of a society page. Did we lose Tony there, uh? Yeah, so you didn't see my Libby message.
2: Libby. I wasn't sure if you saw my message or not. Uh, he froze. If you know, okay. before break notice he made an interesting face, and then it yeah. stayed there. I'm like, oh, that's a weird face that he's making for an elongated period. It of wasn't time. a Mike Mayo face. Uh, so taste something it was like a goofy like. smile, but I'm like, e- that's a weird. And then I realized, oh, he's yeah. frozen. <laughs> so, oh,
0: okay. All right. He had no internet. Well,
2: uh, So we lost him. Uh, hopefully he'll come back. We'll, we'll welcome
0: him, him back uh, when he comes back. Because he was on a roll today, he's Tony. he Very enjoyable doing great conversation here I, you know personally knew costas uh, costas singled him out there when he saw him at the stadium said uh Segreno. and uh, you know and that was interesting to see a guy of that distinction be lambasted most people were celebrating fact like, that costas was back calling baseball when he started doing games again on I mean, the, the network. network yeah and uh, you know and, and, and i don't know i mean far be it from me to, to you know to say that mike francesa was right because uh, he, he made a living being uh, just, uh, you know, uh, traditionally and just almost criminally wrong about virtually everything that he predicted or said, you know, and, and uh, you know, a large portion of it turned out to be complete bullshit. But, uh, you know, when, when he was the guy that was uh, calling out Bob Costas and saying, Bobby, you got to you got to lay out a little bit. I mean, we, we don't need to know uh, every, uh, you know, historic reference that you might have uh, in your uh, library of memories about Major League Baseball. Uh, after every pitch, uh, the other guy that gets slammed a lot uh, as an analyst is John Smoltz. Uh, at least uh, he, he draws high praise in a lot of places. John Smoltz. But uh, my man, Phil Mushnick, is, the you know, constantly pointing out that uh, every pitch that's delivered uh, in between that time and the next pitch does not necessarily mandate that you, know, you have like a 20-minute soliloquy as uh, you await the next delivery talking about how important that pitch was. That you just saw. I mean, it's the first inning of a ball game. A guy misses with a curveball. I mean, do you really need to dissect that, Luby? But uh, Smoltz gets uh, kind of, uh, uh, I mean, absolutely uh, ridiculed for that by Phil Mushnick. And I did notice it yesterday because I was wondering, who is this guy? You know, he he was doing a thing like, uh, who was the announcer that was uh, working on the Marlin games? That, uh, you know, just, I mean, just was on and on. It was a former, uh, you know, uh, ball player that uh, was recently with the broadcast. Oh, look at this. uh, Tony making his way back into the picture here.
4: I have no idea what happened. Sorry, guys. Stuff
0: happens, uh, you know. It's hey, okay. Problems, it's no it's uh, you know the age of, it's of the back, internet. Though. Yes.
4: You know what? We you you put the moose out the pasture way too early. You brought him back. <laughs>
0: moose power. Um. What were you? Uh, I wanted to ask you this. I I got off on a tangent here uh, about this whole uh, you know uh, color analyst thing, but uh, uh, forget yeah. that. Let's let's just uh, move on here with Tony because uh, what, were you not invited? I, I read page six in the Post all the time, uh, and I saw a list of names—a uh, very uh, dignified list of people. Attended oh, to the, the Bob wedding? Kraft wedding. The Bob Kraft wedding. Yeah. I uh, were you were you not involved? I, in I, I, op- I, I opted out. Yeah. I, okay.
4: I, I think I, I think my invitation somehow got lost in the mail, something.
0: What what did you think about, like, uh, I mean, this is almost like uh, one of those Dana White UFC press conferences where, where they have the phony hatred, the two guys who are, you know, happy they're finally making million-dollar paychecks and that uh, White's going to let go of some of that cash that he's making uh, at their expense, physically and mentally. uh you know, Where Kraft, and it was told by Jeremy Jones, don't fuck with me.
3: What, are you making and, uh, right. what do you make of that? What do you make of that? And what do you make of Jim Irsay
0: okay. – Writing, uh, I mean, Dan Snyder. Uh, you, you, know, you
4: have to understand, every one of these owners carries a big stick. We well, know one that. Of them. Who carries the biggest one? They want to be able. To listen, for two straight years, I pre- presented with Nat Moore to all the owners a pitch to bring the Super Bowl to South Florida. All right, all right. So you're you're in this room. With thirty-two billion, Billionaire. hey,
0: we're all there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And you're there with Nat and, Moore, where, where you wearing a suit. I mean, no, you were always well dressed. I mean, yeah, we were wearing both okay. wearing suits,
4: and we make a, you know, you walk in, and the Commissioner says, "Hey, Tony, hey Nat, how are you?" You know, we we chat for a minute, and then he goes, "You're on the clock, and you got the clock in front of you. You have fifteen minutes oh to my make it presentation." Clock? Oh, so on so, a clock,
2: yeah, yeah, you're like on it was a clock. quiz show like the draft pick.
4: Oh yeah, it's like the draft. no, no, so you're on a clock, <laughs> and and um. I forget what year I did it, but uh, so Nat started, and then I came and I felt, you know, I did a whole soliloquy type thing, yeah. and and I and I'm going, I go, you know, I know you guys love South Florida, I know I you guys, I yeah. know you guys have homes here, and I walk right in front of Kraft, and I go, in fact, I have seen you walk in the streets of Worth Avenue, I've yeah. seen, Uh-oh. You. Oh, wow. and he's, he's uh oh, you might, and, he might have got
0: scared, yeah, yeah, and he's
4: and he's laughing, right, he's laughing, yeah, but you could tell that. There was um, respect because they had to have it, but they're all, they're, they are all got their sticks underneath the, on the, underneath the desk, and they're going to wield those big sticks, and who's got the biggest one? And right now, Jerry feels he's got the biggest one because he's got the biggest mouth. And, 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 and probably and, the biggest ego.
0: I mean, yeah, uh, probably the biggest
4: yeah. ego. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. I think it happens more than we know. I think now it just leaked. Honest to gosh, I think most they, owners think that are
0: nondescript though in the league. You know, you well, don't even know who they are. Them,
4: a lot of them are, but then you have a guy like Kraft, and you have a guy like Jones, and yep. you have a guy like Snyder, and yep. you guys have a guy. You guys have Ross. I'll tell you, that was the one thing about Wayne. Yeah, Wayne, so had, Wayne. Wayne had such amazing power in that room because he didn't take anybody's shit. Pardon my French. He he was very low key. He walked around very confident and was sort of like, okay, you guys do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do, okay? And I remember and him. Maybe it standing, didn't
0: hurt that he owned waste management at one time.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly.
4: I remember him. Out of Chicago. Standing, you know, he's Standing, up in, standing <laughs> up in front of all the owners and going, listen, this, this game belongs here. I will give you guys whatever he was giving them, yachts or something yeah. for the week you're here. And it was it was a no brainer. They they voted they voted Miami. Did you want oh, nice. yachts? You were part with, of them, uh, for you. Matt Moore. Yeah. Huh? Did, did I? you want yachts? No, I ordered a a a, a lifelong uh, subscription to uh, Costco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, I mean, were you offering these guys yachts as part of their presentation? No, no, no. not to own.
4: No. To we stay a yachts. lot. We had a lot of offers. Naked yeah.
0: women. I mean, what what else did you have to grease these something? guys with? Yeah. yeah.
4: Preparing. One of the most exciting, eye-opening things I think I've ever done is watching the preparation for a Super Bowl bid and watching the clock go down. Not so much the presentation where you have the 15 minutes, because that's, you know, that's just the way it is, but the, the, the jockeying beforehand, how the league will come in and say to you, listen – we're going to need more suites. We can't tell you how many. Uh, who, who who had more? Who has more? But you're hey, going to need more suites. And you and you got you've got GMs and CEOs of your teams calling calling these big time people who own these suites, going, man, we need these suites. Yeah. And, and they're they're bartering, trying to get these suites back and forth. It's it's a wild a lot wild of bullshit. Time. Is
0: what you're saying? It yeah.
4: Is, yeah. It's it's everybody's getting greased. It doesn't surprise me that Jones and Kraft went at it. I'm surprised that we haven't heard before you know um we'll we'll and and craft. there you know what
0: did he bring up the asian spa jerry <laughs> <laughs> i think I, you don't think he mentioned it here's uh, jim ursay he like drugs cash machine guns uh, while driving and uh and, and dan snyder saying hey i got dirt on all of you guys and i would imagine I mean, uh, as I was saying earlier this morning, I, when Chris Hansen threatened to write a book about what really went on on The Bachelorette all of those years, yeah, yeah, they immediately gave him the money to shut that fuck up. Oh, out. absolutely.
4: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. With a
0: sworn statement, he would never speak again of the series, it's, and you've uh, never seen this guy anywhere, right? No, he's, he's in Tahiti somewhere. Uh, hey, yeah.
4: now listen, this is blasphemy, okay? okay? Yeah. But I was sitting there wondering, you know, ever since Brady left, Belichick is an average coach.
0: I don't know about that. Except for I just, now, with well, Bailey Zappi, the I think he's doing a great job rating. this year. I think he's well, a candidate for coach of the year. He no had thing. garbage. He's three and three. They're not great this
4: year. Uh, great. I don't think
0: he's a great. They're i don't not think he's great. A great coach this not
4: great this but I. He's think, got this yeah. Zappi
0: guy as uh, like a uh, you know a viable quarterback. Uh, you know, and you know Mac Jones. A lot of people debated whether he was all that great, but he brings in some schlump that he, he drafted. I'm just, I'm just saying. A no, good. he's
2: not elite. I mean that's true. They're not a championship contender. I don't know
4: if he's the
0: team's not that great, but I I think Belichick's doing well. With what he's got, I think no? he
4: does. I think he's okay. I think with Brady, he was.
0: But Brady, I, I mean, what 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 stupidity was driving the Dolphins? You know, to want back. Brady this year, they wanted yeah, to have this guy God. be their quarterback. Does
4: he, does he look done or not? Uh, he, he he's starting to look
0: that way. Yeah. Done.
4: And 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 when you have this tirade,
0: but well, we said that ten years ago.
4: Well, here's the thing, though. When you have the tirade that we've never seen before on the sideline with his yeah. offensive line, when you see. W- would ten years ago he have gone to Bob Craft's wedding on the Saturday before the game before a game? Would he have done that? Without
0: no Giselle way. on top no, of that. No yeah.
4: Would he have done that? No. I know. No would way. he take two would he wait- would he take two weeks off at training camp?
0: No. Women no, weaken no. legs. We we know this to be true from the Rocky movie. W- and-, and regardless yeah. of the reason he looks least- weak
4: here. Regardless of the reason, yeah. uh, this is un Brady
0: well, and the other thing that happens too when you see a guy start to lose it uh, is uh you know where he would automatically have completed a pass to gronk for the two point conversion after they were staggering through this whole game against the lowly Pittsburgh Steelers uh, who are i mean uh, blindly searching for a new identity after Big Ben retired and you know are, are in a season where you're thinking. They're not going to do anything this year. In fact, uh, they're uh, like seven, eight-point dogs to the Miami Dolphins coming into this game, even though the Finns have lost three in a row and they're coming off beating the Buccaneers. But uh, you know, I mean, you're just you're looking at uh, you know what appears to be a, a disaster, yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know it's uh, you know it's just uh, one of those things where, where you you know you look in the NFL and it really does it stands for not for long. But Brady normally would have made that two-point conversion pass,
4: yeah. Yeah, and they Just would listen, have found a
0: way to win the game, even yeah. in the fading years of his greatness. But uh, you know, and, and Big Ben was popping off. Uh, Roethlisberger was saying on some it, podcast that he he thought Brady was disconnected from this thing.
3: Yeah,
4: and, and listen, and this is no, this is not meant to be a disrespect of his greatness because he's going to go down as the greatest who ever played with all the Super Bowl rings. And I would never want that to be misunderstood. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but, I'm but he's 25 years old. But, do you, but do you know saying, that? But I'm yeah, but I'm saying that you know. Uh, there's he's doing things he never would have done before in terms of yeah. taking the time off. He's not looking. He's not looking as sharp as he once did. He looks tired. Yep. When yep. you see him, he looks, he looks tired. Yeah. And just doesn't look the Brady. That yeah, he, he needs to go before. to Texas
0: Roadhouse and have a steak. Exactly. That's what he needs. And and a, and a big bag of potatoes. He, yeah. Chug a couple of beers yeah uh interestingly belichick wins he was not at the craft wedding tony segreto wins he was not at the craft wedding brady yeah. loses he was at the craft at wedding. the craft wedding there's a common there's denominator a common there uh, i wonder if megan markle was there uh, as well uh, that, that would have been you know i yeah, mean that, that looked him. like a spectacular and you know what i'll give Kraft credit uh because uh, he stayed within the uh, parameters of the default formula for dating younger women which is you know you take your age divide it in half and then you add seven years she's 47 We'll give him eighty. And a Ed,
4: Orgeron, Ed Orgeron uh, also applies
0: to that. Oh yeah, he's got like a twenty-year-old went with. The <laughs> well, he's got fifteen million. Why not? You know, 17.
4: I mean, uh, Seventeen. million.
0: Seventeen million is not a bad number. Well, he made some money in the past. I doubt he was starving. He made a lot of uh, money. He done like fine for himself. Anyway, yeah. All right, Tony. Always a pleasure, man. Tony, we got to really run. Uh, we had a good time today. Uh, that was it great. Was great. Uh, thanks it to Ed Garcia for joining uh, us. Uh, Catholic Health Services for supporting the program. Uh, well, where are you off to? Well, what are you doing next?
4: Uh, I have got actually have to fly into town for a day, which will be this uh, Thursday. What night. dignitary
0: are you uh, interviewing uh, on your Board trip into tru- town?
4: Board of Trustees. Nice.
0: Of what? Uh, Miami. You Broward am. County you Jail? You I mean,
4: <laughs> University you of Miami am. Board of Trustees. Literally, I'm literally flying in and flying out. And uh, and then I'll be back. At, at some are time. you a
0: vocal board member, or are you just kind of kick back like? Well, Libby no, I'm life? not
4: on the board. I'm interviewing all, for the oral history. Oh, interviewing the people
0: I'm doing. Yeah, oh, very yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So,
4: but most of these guys and women I have known for for gosh half my life, you know the the, the Ed Williamsons of the world. These yeah. great, 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 great people. Amazing, amazing. Williamson kind of like man. I mean, yeah, uh, prominent. Supporters,
0: yeah, well, as is, uh, you know, as are our good friends at Highland Park. Big UR Yeah, supporters.
4: I love Highland You know, you were talking about them, and just real quick, yeah. John Brunetti was a dear friend. I, what, I, I what, like what, uh, John. What, what he's done, what they did, the Brunetti family, they're always supporters of everyone in the community. They support me, all of the, anything I do, I can call them and count on yeah. it. Frankie Fiore, just great people. Ooh, and you know what? If, if, if Listen, even if you're not a gambler, if you just want to go have a nice afternoon or or, or an evening out, just, just to walk around the grounds and see the storied history of Hialeah and, and, kind of get nostalgic, and kind of, you know, kind of get that feeling of having, being, getting dressed up, you and your, your loved one, just for a night. It's a great place to be. It really is. Were,
0: were you ever uh, like me, uh, you know, found talking to one of the stray flamingos? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've so had you, this. So you, uh-uh. How could I have left out the two?
4: <laughs> but I, that, the stray flamingos talk to me. Exactly. There's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. like the,
0: the statue of a flamingo I'm talking to out there. I mean, uh, uh, all, I, I, all, I've been in all kinds of states of mind there, Tony. Many, all many, I know is with of
4: all of these all of these great people that listen to us, we're so grateful for all of yeah. you that watch or listen to us every Thursday and certainly during the week with, with, with yeah. Deepo and Luby and with, with Mike Mayo and everybody that they have on. If anybody no, out fun. there is in the world of bourbon that can – that can help me in Vermont here get a good bourbon. Let me know, would you please? All right. oh, really? is is, Mayo
0: would know. I mean, he knows. This, all is a, this, stuff.
4: this is a state-run. This is a state-run liquor. Okay, so you're getting all the rudimentary stuff. Oh, really? You know, all, yeah. all the. Don't bacon. you have a still outside there, Tony? Isn't that
0: common <laughs> in Vermont? Even though it's a hillbilly habit. Uh, that yeah, it is. I a have. Rural I, area?
4: I, I have a still. But it's yeah. not a, It's it, it's not the good, really good. <laughs> You're drinking some moonshine there. <laughs> yeah. Moonshine.
2: He's not in the South. We love you, Tony. We'll talk to you next.
0: Week. To you. <laughs> I got my geography mixed up. Yeah, he's in the. All Northeast. right, Tony Segretto, ladies and gentlemen. He's drinking wine. Uh, We'll be out live. Uh, Even Kill Fish Shack catches later on today. Yeah, South yeah, Florida yeah, Live. Yeah. Mike Mayo's very popular show. Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, and uh, Mike will be eating a variety of. I mean, just culinary delicacies that uh, we always get there at the Evenkill Fish Shack. Brad's a great guy, and uh, they do a tremendous job there. So that's a one a in commercial Boulevard. If you want to come out, say hello. You think Sonny shows up today? I'm hoping I don't he does. Know. He
2: was there uh, Monday, which was great. So. Came
0: out Monday, man. I mean, but I think he lives in the area, doesn't he? He lives uh, like uh, right, right by the beach. No idea. Yeah, so uh, it's not that big of a schlep for him. All right, so we'll have that for you at 12 o'clock today with the uh, Gambling Gourmet, Mike Mayo, and uh, the Evenkill Fish Shack, which uh, mm-hmm. a great place, man. Uh, th- that fish and chips thing they had last week. I was going to say I the mean, fish and chips. I, w- was great. I wouldn't mind if they brought that out again. <laughs> oh, it's Let, funny. Let's, let's I was like, I'd love to have
2: that again. <laughs> that was really good.
0: <laughs> now, it's not common when we go to these restaurant uh, live shows that they, you know, repeat the same thing. No, they try to bring new stuff. Uh, even though you know they they do feature certain items more prominently than others in certain places that we go. But, uh, wow. I mean, that's. That uh, really I could good. go for another one of those. I really could.
2: That was really good. So if you're watching Mayo, when you do your order, when you order out of the entire menu which I think is the funniest yeah. thing. He sits there with the owner for like 15 minutes. It's great,
0: minutes. man. Yeah, he goes, we need two of these, we need four of these. Let's see, Defoe, uh, he doesn't eat that, so why don't you get him one of these?
2: Put that in your order.
0: <laughs> Fries? Yeah, bring some right away. Yeah,
3: it's
2: great. Uh, and impressive. they're like, yes, yes, Mr. There. Mayo. Yes, yes. I'm like... Mr. Mayo. Oh my God! <laughs> They're like you would think Judge by. Judy
0: just walked into the place. Man. We've I was seen about Frankie. It's so lawsuit.
2: funny, and we gotta go. But we see I've seen Frankie with some really big people. He was on freaking two different TV shows, and he's yeah. always cool, calm, collected. Frank Tallarico. Yeah. When he turned Mayo, and I was actually Mayo. off, and he's like, but "This guy," and his face was like white. Carries a lot of weight, and he was waiting for Mayo to say the fuck
0: <laughs> showed up there and said uh, eh, you know what uh, you're not treating our people right and Mayo
2: was like i love the place and frankie was like oh thank god,
0: oh, my god. and the Mayo was eating fistfuls of coconut <laughs> <Exactly>. shrimp like <laughs> fistful I mean, f- like, tail
2: eats, and all
0: he didn't he, even take the tail out
2: these people only saw the crap
0: we see with this guy
2: <laughs> eating fucking skyline frozen and, and he's skyline. writing about like i
0: say uh, well uh, i mean it was a bit pretentious when he showed up you know, our reservation for was for like six that. sixteen, but we weren't seated till six seventeen. Whoa, exactly. man, I'm going out of my mind here with anxiety. All right, uh, we're uh, going to see you at 12 o'clock uh, from the Evenkill Fish Shack. Come on out, say hello, have a cocktail, and we'll have some fun. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Tony, Catholic Health Services, Texas Roadhouse, yeah. and Ed Garcia. Uh, pleasure being with you. From Mike Luby-Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. We'll see you next time as uh, we leave you now that. The time. Uh, oh, and don't forget about Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. I'm 104 the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. Great fish. spot. It's uh 11 Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they to my show.